what's going to come out? Fish. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, July 3rd, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 318. This is No Agenda. Tracking DSKDAs from New York to Paris from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay, in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's actually the day before July the 4th, which makes it, let me think. I don't know. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. You know, John, sometimes you just astound me with your opening. That was uh, very interesting. <laughs> What's interesting about <laughs> it? <laughs> it uh, the day before July 4th, which makes it, uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, we in the morning. We have a fireworks display on July the 3rd here over in the Richmond area. Really? A day early. Why yeah, do they, they do it why a day they, early, which why? I think is probably good. Why do they do that a day early? Well, because on the 4th, there's all these competitive uh, displays, and this way they can actually get some people to show up. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Hey, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, in the morning to all ships at sea, beat, beats on the ground, <laughs> feet in the air, and uh, people flying around in their airplane. Beats in the ground and boots on the ground. <laughs> so um, I saw this uh, question this morning on... Uh, CNN. What uh, what do we actually what do we actually celebrate on July fourth? Is it the signing of the Declaration of Independence or is it the Congress passing the Declaration of Independence? I thought we celebrated the fact that it's a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, can can we buy cars? Is that, is it another car holiday? July I thought it 4th? was a signing. Well, what am I wrong? I don't know. I I didn't see the answer. I didn't no. stick around. <laughs> oh, it's one of those, one of those teasers. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. they ask a question, say, so "We'll be right back after these messages," and then they maybe 15 minutes later they oh, give yeah. the answer. Yeah, I oh, hate that. No, they, they do the tease. Thank you, darling. They do the tease, and then they do, um, they do two segments before they come back with that answer. They do two commercial breaks. Yeah, I was reading an article that the CNN's in big trouble. They uh, they got a new uh, a new news director. Who? Don't remember his name offhand. I, I looked him up. I, there was you know nothing really. I, I think the guy actually thinks that uh, he's uh, a good guy and he can make it all happen. Because CNN has like zero viewers. Literally, no one is watching except for me. <laughs> See, no one watches CNN. Uh, except when there's you know some kind of go-to moment. Yeah, right? but when all hell breaks loose. Everybody, everybody goes turns to on CNN. CNN. Exactly. So they have to create more events. Either well, this is where I think that the guy is like, oh, you know, we're going to do serious journalism, and we're not just going to throw two opposing parties uh, and have them fight, and then go to a commercial break, which is pretty much their formula. And uh, I think that uh, I think there's going to be a big shakeup. You know, because they've here's here's what I predict. So this guy, of course, he's like uh, you know, some J school graduate. He's like, yeah, we're going to make CNN great. We're going to make figure it- out who this person is because I happen to know about two or three people in that in those positions above, and I don't want to be talking about him if I don't know where like we're talking about the guy I know. Okay, let's because uh, it might add a little dimension to it. So well, who are we well, talking about? Well, you know, what we have to do. Uh, Consult the book of knowledge. Okay, let's see. Uh, who is the new? News director. Hmm. <laughs> it's so big, this news. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm looking for it, too. I've been looking for it. That's why I interu- interrupted you, because wow. I wasn't finding it. I can't find it. That's it's crazy. Like, is it Bart Fetter or Janelle Rodriguez sa- or John Antonio? I have no idea. 
But anyway, uh, here's I'm going to predict what's going to happen. Is uh, this guy's going to try and you know? Is it going it the red book? I think you could put it in the red book. It, it, it's right, it's, a, it's a long-term red book item. Right. Uh, because, you know, the guy's trying to make it all... So, first of all, Anderson Pooper, he's got to go. Because the guy... No one likes him in the news business. This guy's going to try and, like... You know, this is like the... the it's like our buzzer, buzzer, hummer from Berkeley. It's like now all the serious journalists are going to go in and save news by making it completely unwatchable and boring. And And by the way, I'm all for good news, but that's what we do. Get off our turf. You can't do it. Because people, when they turn on television, they, they want to see, they, they only want to see one thing. Entertainment. Hot, hot chicks, exactly. Right, pretty hot, girls. Yeah. I mean, only and, uh, Fox seems to get that. That's what, the, 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 this is what, I was. I, I wish I'd saved this article, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, well, don't you, they're like, yeah, Fox, you know, they've got uh, three times uh, the audience. Well, yeah, it's entertaining to watch. You got hot chicks. What's so? How come you don't understand that? You guys have ruined television that way, and I get used to it. It's your bed lying it. And we'll we'll take care of uh, the real news. The real news. Uh, I well, got, yeah, I got. So, so, what's your prediction? Oh, so my prediction is it'll last about uh, three quarters of a year to a year, and then CNN's going to start bringing in hot chicks. It's the oh, only way no. to do it. It's not much of a prediction. Yeah, well, uh, CNN is, uh, I would say, is pretty well known for their ugly people. Have you watched this thing in the morning? <laughs> oh, just, the women are dumb and ugly, and I'd like hot and smart. This is that's, that's what Fox has got it's right. A good, you know, this is another good <laughs> indication why we have to do the show on a donation basis. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, because of uh, what? Yes, yeah, somebody would be offended by that comment, which I'm in agreement with you, by the way. Yeah, this is purely we're and by the way, television. Yeah, purely from sake. a television perspective, we've been in television both of us for majority of our lives, so we understand how it works. And this is what television has created: has created a massive audience a of people. Yeah, of people who just want to see beautiful people. Uh, just be, who cares what comes out of their mouth? Who right, cares? and then it d- deteriorates eventually into just celebrity uh, news, which uh, CNN <laughs> has a show which is just as bad as the rest of uh, them. CNN doesn't know how to do celebrity news. No, I don't know. That celebrity show is not bad. The girl's pretty. Wait, which the show is this? Is this HLN? Because I don't watch that. Yeah, it's HLN. No, 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 no. No, I mean CNN is bad. HLN no is like you're watching it. That's it. They should actually come to your house and just set up and just do it, perform it for you live. Because there's no more audience than that. HLN well, is nothing. Well, they do have the pretty girls over there. And except, of course, then they kill it by bringing on Joy Behar. <laughs> so it's like, let's bring, then bring a 70-year-old woman on there who just carps. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Republican. He's terrible. Between, I mean, just look at their lineup. Between her... Wolf, Wolf Blitzer, who's the most annoying man in the universe. Anderson Pooper. Then we have um, uh, Fareed. I was watching Fareed again. Oh, oh man, that guy's horrible. That guy is the worst. And he's an anti, as far as I'm concerned, he's anti-American. Anti- Anti-American, absolutely. And, uh, well, Don Lemon, who's just insincere. Uh, but the, the in the morning, you have to watch Fred. Fred her name is Frederica. And we're called, hey, Fred. And Fred is an idiot. I mean, just say that right now. Fred is an idiot. Anyway. Dad, there was some real news that uh, we uh, absolutely must immediately discuss. 
And now, back to real news. Right, Lawrence, look, when a lot of uh, ex-cons uh, get out of prison looking for work, <laughs> it's, it's not easy. She can type uh, 140 keystrokes and make uh, 3,500 bucks, uh, which is, you know, that's uh, good work if you can get it. So who are we talking about? I have no idea. Lindsay Lohan, my friend. I didn't know she could type. <laughs> she tweeted. Now, this is astounding. And I, I got a couple of uh, uh, a couple of notes from people. They're like, look what Lindsay Lohan just tweeted. Here's her tweet. Have you guys seen food and gas prices lately? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. U.S. dollar will soon be worthless if Fed keeps printing money. And and and, uh, and I immediately said, Show, send me a link to the tweet. I got to see this. What do you think this tweet is all about? I don't know. You're telling me. It's I'm that, listening. It's that bogus National Inflation Association. Do you know this? Uh, this is one no, of no, no. I'm I'm all ears. Uh, well, listen, listen to this, and I'll explain who they are. It's not as good as Kim Kardashian, who can get ten thousand uh, dollars for a single tweet. I'm extrapolating from this, and I would say that you could actually earn about fifty bucks per tweet. Uh, perhaps you'd even get a premium because you don't wear an ankle uh, monitoring brace. I'm going to start <laughs> tweeting uh, right now. Uh, so. How many tweets, do we have any sense of how many forecast tweets people like Lindsay and the Kardashians are doing every day? Uh, it's hard to quantify, but there are websites designed just for this to uh, uh, line people up to do these tweets. Uh, Michael Vick, if you care about what products he's endorsing, uh, you can get him to tweet your product for uh, uh, 700 bucks. Uh, it, it's spreading quite a bit and, and down to about you know three dollars, which I think is where I'd be. It, I could probably get paid ten dollars if I if I wouldn't endorse something. But uh, uh, but uh, Lindsay Lohan has been doing. She did one eight hundred muffins. She did a <laughs> Temptations sweepstake to win a trip uh, to Las Vegas. And my very favorite one was for Fashion Bay. She tweeted, OMG, exclamation point, an LV bag for a dollar at Fashion Bay. Maybe I can get lucky and win something cool here. Awesome. How so, much is she getting for this? 3500 bucks. And uh, so this is worth it for her to go. Wow, there's no agenda shows. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, National Inflation Association. This is an Alex Jones advertiser, by the way. And uh, they they they're very very smart at what they do. Is they, um, they it's kind of no agenda ish. The kind of you know although you know it's like pff, would we ever say oh have you seen food and gas prices lately? The U.S. dollar will still be worthless if the Fed keeps printing money. So that's like okay. <laughs> but what they do is they they get you hooked in and they sign you up, subscribe now for free, and you get an, uh, uh, a newsletter, and the newsletter is uh, pink slip stock trading pump and dumps. So they'll tell you about you got to buy gold. Yeah, so they start off by saying you got to buy gold. But hey, wait a minute, look at this stock. You should uh, buy this stock. It's a penny stock. It's a uh, pump and dump scheme? Yes! Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah, and so she's shilling for that. You're right. Thirty five hundred bucks for her to say those guys at no agenda. They they really assassinate the media. We should come up with something for her to tweet. Yeah, well, for that kind, of, well, let's take a look and see who else is doing. Who else is in? And you can always scan. follow me on Twitter. Who uh, who's doing what? What else? Who else has got these big numbers that they can you know roll out uh, a quick advertisement? What's the co- How many numbers does she have? You have her Twitter? Yeah, yeah, thing yeah. On there? I'm gonna take a look now. She has. Uh, 
where's her what is this why doesn't it just say oh she has two million one hundred fifty one thousand seven hundred eighty eight followers two million okay so we have to so, what, so what's the cpm so do that to two million divided by thirty five hundred yeah and what is that i don't know i have to bring out the count. i can i normally used to be able to do this stuff in my head but it's like i'm i'm brain dead of late really one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, that's divided upsetting. by thirty-five hundred. Let me see. Two, two, one, two, three, four, equals five. Equals five hundred seventy-one. No, that couldn't no. be. But yeah, five hundred seventy-one. What? I did the same thing. Oh, by a thousand. So fifty-seven cents per person. Fifty-seven cents is the CPM. Fifties. That's uh. That's pretty cheap, actually. It is cheap, except for one thing. Well, it's actually, even taking this into account, it's re- relatively cheap. But um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we need we need to get. Uh, I don't think that one tenth of those people actually ever check in on her. No, most of them are bots. So you have two. She has two million followers supposedly, but she probably has. I don't know how many people actually listen. I know this changed a lot for me. I used to, because I... I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay. Okay. There is, there's something very exciting going on. Uh, If my, uh, I would be even cooler if uh, my thing wasn't frozen here. Something very exciting going on. Maybe we can talk to uh, Jay Carney. Maybe he can hook us up. This is from his, uh, yeah, this is from his, uh, pal. my pal, Jay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he listens to us all the time and he loves how we portray him. This is the spokes hole, the, the, the spokes hole for the United States. It's kind of a small crowd today. Uh, before he, he, It's his show. This is his uh, daily br- press briefing. It's kind of a small crowd today. Where is everybody? Well, we got more important things to do than listen to your spoke holiness. To get started, I just wanted to... Uh, say that today, as you know, I believe the White House announced through its official Twitter account at White House that it will host its first ever Twitter town hall on Wednesday, July 6th at 2 p.m. in the East Room of the White House. Twitter co-founder and executive chairman Jack Dorsey will moderate a conversation between President Obama and Americans across the country about the economy and jobs. Starting today, Twitter users can submit questions using the hashtag uh, number sign Ask Obama. More information from Twitter can be found at the event's homepage, uh, askobama.twitter.com. Very exciting. Uh, with that, I will take your questions. And you can always follow me on Twitter. Very- the guy's an idiot. Nobody calls it a number sign. It's called a pound sign. He said, he said hashtag number sign. Yeah, hashtag, <laughs> right, hashtag number sign. Because yeah. nobody's talking. He's an idiot. He's all over the tweeters. So uh, so I think we need to be, uh, our, our producers out there need to be hashtag number signing, uh, ask Obama, and promoting our show. Because I actually looked, and it's, it's not all that busy. Okay, let's do it. It goes hashtag ask Obama. No, no, uh, hashtag number sign. Come on, you got to do it right. <laughs> yeah, hashtag number sign. Ask Obama. Uh, it would be, Barack, do you listen to the No Agenda Show at noagendashow.com? Uh, or you could say, George W. Obama, do you listen to the No Agenda Show? But if we just or, spam uh, that. I don't think we necessarily have to insult the guy. Oh, come on. But, uh, oh, let's okay, have whatever fun. you want to do. But I think we should, if we if we flood, if everybody listens to who listens, so floods this bull crap. This hashtag number sign. Hashtag number sign. <laughs> Ask Obama. 
uh, with a question as to whether or not they, he listens to the No Agenda show. Yeah. I think we could probably pick up, you know, some viewers. I think this is a, this is this is the, this week's initiative. Let's just take a look at what's out there right now. Now, the last uh, hashtag ask Obama hashtag number sign ask Obama was seven minutes ago. The one before that, twenty seven minutes ago. So this is uh, oh, it's this is not low. Get any traction at all? Yeah, we can do this. We can flood it. Let's see. Uh, let's see if anything good is. What's it? Poker is not a crime. I support licensing and regulating online. That's the most recent one. Um, also, you can see from the retweets which uh, which Twitter accounts are shills. That's very. That's because uh, you know they're like, oh, ask your questions. Yeah, get your questions in. Shill. <laughs> no kidding. Shill. Shill. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Why doesn't the U.S. have a secretary for the arts? Okay. <laughs> Will you remove your appointee, Houston National Cemetery Director Arlene Ocasio, for violating the First Amendment rights of vets and family? Yeah, these are questions he'll answer immediately. I'm sure he's all over that. Do you believe prosecutors who intentionally break the law to convict innocent people should enjoy absolute immunity from lawsuit? Yeah, I can see him just go, well, this is a good question. Let's take that one. And Jack Dorsey, he's going to... remember. Now, this is a throwback to, like, 1994, when we had celebrity IRC chats. It's no different. And Jack Dorsey's going to moderate it. What's he going to do? He's going to be typing, typing, like, type, 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 typing. How's that going to work? Well, they used to have celebrity AOL chats. Yeah. Remember? Keyword, ask Obama. (sighs) Hashtag number sign, keyword, ask Obama. It's just, like, wow. Really? Could you could you make it any more apparent that you own Twitter, and that's all you're doing? Well, I think it's up to us to have flooded the uh, because people will be looking it up, right? Because they're going to go hashtag because you can search by clicking on that. Yeah, you click on that yeah. and you get. So we should have at least at any given time. <laughs> Here's Ripple DJ. Do you listen to No Agenda, uh, Richard? Do you listen to No Agenda Show? Available at noagendashow.com. Hashtag number sign. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> We're flooding it. We got the first page already. <laughs> this is great. Keep it this rocking. Guy, this carney doesn't have a clue. <laughs> He's, he, he, uh, here's, he can't do these social media things. You can just so easily so, rig them. Well, that's the whole point. It's like fight fire with rig, fire. Think the public's going to pick up on this and say, hey, we can do this. Yeah. If five new ones. Do you listen? I mean, I mean, luckily we got to it before Howard Stern got to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we need to be totally flooding this. Don't stop. We we got guys with bots. I'm sure you can set up yeah, your put, put your put, bots. Put your on bots it. Be two or three of our guys. Have got <laughs> I'm bots. sure a couple of our guys have bots. <laughs> and that Mr. Oil with his Russian accent. I've got a I've got a suspicion. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm not accusing anyone. Anyway, so on to serious news. Uh, Jay uh, Carney, hashtag number sign, uh, was asked a question at this very small group about this August. Se- this is so I'm, you know, it, I wish I had a little more time. I spend a lot of time doing other stuff like uh, watching C-SPAN. But, you know, I think we should we could actually produce an American Idol version of this debt ceiling limit. Because that's that's re- it's really all that it is. People just want a good competition, you know, ex- like nothing different than uh, um, Celebrity Apprentice or Big Brother or even uh, Celebrity Rehab. It's all the same. We just, you know, just want someone to win. And let's make it all exciting. 
And you know, the, the thing that gets me about this, besides the fact that it's bullcrap theater, is the fact, and, and of course, nobody brings it up to, 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 I've saw it a couple of times on some of these shows, but it's, it's not, there's two things that aren't brought up much. One is the, is the, is the, is the fact that Obama, with his stimulus pl- packages, is the one who pushed the idea of giving tax breaks to those jet owners. Something even more interesting when it comes to that, this, uh, this is an interview between the Wolf, soon-to-be-fired Blitzer, and uh, Clinton, because Clinton has his uh, global uh, Clinton initiative, America. And uh, this is something I did not know. Free vote. When he was senator, President Obama didn't vote to raise the debt ceiling. Yeah, so he regrets it now. He said that was a mistake. Yeah, but ah. it, <laughs> did you know that? He made a... Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's what I was going to say next. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to the, uh, steal your The thunder. fact is that he not only didn't vote for it during his entire tenure, because I think he was there long enough to not vote for it twice, because during Bush, they raised it every year, and all these same guys are saying, ah, we can't raise it, or the same guys who voted every year after Against year it. after Against year to it. raise it. Yeah. And Obama not only voted against it, but he gave a long-winded speech about how it shows lack of leadership that you have to do this in the first place. <laughs> it wasn't a mistake. No. No, it wasn't a mistake. And Clinton actually went on to say, you know, this is just what you do. Listen to, uh, he act- I love Clinton now that he's a little senile. You know, it's like... All those operations and all those... uh, All the drugs and everything and whatever it is. Listen to this. Since it's never happened before, it's impossible to be absolutely specific. But it's nutty. (laughs) What you're really saying when you don't raise a debt limit... It's nutty. It's It's just nutty. (laughs) It's nutty, I tell you. So anyway, so so Carney gets posed the question... uh, and I think that because it was such a small crowd, some some woman snuck in. She was actually quite good, and she got in his face, and he was like, actually, like, I don't know whose talking points you're repeating here. She's like, excuse oh, me, oh yeah, what a cl- yeah douche. Uh, but she said, look, now I hear there's um, there's noise that August second might not even be the ultimate drop dead date. That yeah, they you know, moved it to twenty second. Um, what I can tell you is that. Treasury, career people at the Treasury Department. Ooh, career people at the Treasury Department. Ooh, I like the meme. Career people. I, and As I got, opposed to just your everyday schlub. Yeah, career people. Smart people. In other words, you, slave, dumb. Evaluate the data. And this is obviously a big economy and a, and, and, a, and a government that takes in a lot of money and has a lot of obligations to meet. And that their assessment is A, that we already surpassed the debt ceiling, but because of things that we can do, uh, that previous administrations have done, that we have been able to, that they were able to say that the deadline where we basically run out of tools in the toolbox. Tools in the toolbox! To keep this going uh, is August 2nd. If they, if they make changes in that, you know, that, that's for them to do. But, but I think <laughs> we're talking about a narrow margin here. Whether it's August 1st or August 2nd or August 3rd, we are up against the wall. August 1st, August 2nd, August 3rd. Advertising. Uh, yeah, whatever you want to call it. And then he goes right ahead and propagates the whole meme, which uh, I just need to get, get back to because it's beginning to annoy me. And it is not uh, at all reasonable to play chicken with chicken. the full faith in a chicken. I mean, do you hear all this stuff? It's it's yeah. un- unbelievable. Credit of the United States government. I mean, you, you know, you hear some folks saying that this is not a serious issue, that this is not uh, uh, something to be alarmed by. 
that somehow, as the president said yesterday, that we should uh, that it would be okay to. Uh, pay interest on the debt to, to pay bondholders, the you know Chinese government or others who hold treasuries, but but not pay something else, maybe social security checks or veterans benefits. I mean that's just not acceptable. That's not a that's not a a good alternative. And and there is no question, I think, according to outside economic analysts, that the markets would not view a decision to default uh, charitably. Um, and I think that, again, uh, it's uh, Go ahead. always worth reminding Go ahead. those lawmakers on the Hill who think somehow that this is a game uh, that President Ronald Reagan did not think so. No, thank you. Yeah, we got Ronald, and there's a whole Ronald Reagan quote. But all oh, of this... Ronald Reagan, I, there's a Ronald Reagan meme going around I want to yeah. talk about later. So but, let, I, let me just, I'll, I'll be done in a second. I just, I'm on the flow here. So this is nope. really what I've what I've noticed. This is only about one thing. This whole debt ceiling thing is it's being mangled from. <clears throat> this is all about corporate jet owners and hedge fund managers. Which, by the way, I'm convinced Obama is continuing to propagate this meme to guilt them into paying, you know, giving him money for his campaign. I think you actually uh, came up with that uh, that initial uh, assessment. But this is really all about taxes. And how uh, we're going to, you know, it, taxes are just going to have to go up. And he's uh, greasing the wheels, as it were. And this is from his uh, radio address as uh, broadcast on YouTube from this weekend. And nothing can be off limits, including spending in the tax code. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Military can't be uh, touched. But everything else is, can't be off limits. Particularly the loopholes that benefit very few individuals and corporations. Now, it would be nice if we could keep every tax break, but we can't afford them. Because if we choose to keep those tax breaks for millionaires and billionaires, or for hedge fund managers and corporate jet owners, Ugh. or for oil and gas companies pulling in huge is this, profits. Well, hold on. Is this, did he do this since we talked yes. the last show? Yeah. And this it, is new. He's still harping on this? Yes. But, but, but listen to how he positioned it. So... Here's the, he's putting imagery in your head, corporate jet owners. How come he's not mentioning bankers? Why is it hedge fund managers specifically? Because hedge fund managers don't necessarily donate to campaigns. Banks donate to campaigns. I think that's the main difference. He's not saying bankers. Of course not. It's hedge fund managers. Because it sounds like it sounds more evil, too. But now listen to what he's How saying. venture capitalists? How about <laughs> Al Gore and Kleiner Perkins? Just a thought. It's without our help. Then we'll have to make even deeper cuts somewhere else. Oh, okay. So let me just understand. If we don't tax corporate jet owners, oil companies, and hedge fund managers, what is going to happen, John? Uh, they're they're going to have to shut down the police department, the fire department, and kick your kid out of school. Yeah, no, Timmy's not going to go to school. That's what it's all about. We've got to say to a student, you don't get a college scholarship. Shut up, slave. They don't anyway. <laughs> we have to say to a medical researcher. You can't do that cancer research. Oh, this is bad. Why, how, why, how, why, why are you saying that? What if the guy's independently wealthy and he's doing the research? Or if uh, some big pharmaceutical company is paying for it, as most do. Yeah. It's bull You might crap. have to tell seniors. You have to pay more for your Medicare. John, you might have to pay more for your Medicare. Oh, no. <laughs> that isn't right, and it isn't smart. That's not right. 
It's not smart. We've got to cut the deficit, but we can do that while making investments in education and research and technology that actually create jobs. Uh-huh. We can live within our means while still investing in our future. All right. Turn this guy. This is making me sick, and it's going to ruin the point I'm going to try to make. The guy's terrible. By the way, I think he's acting like a dick. <laughs> do you know that he... Uh, got his daughter's age wrong during his speech. Yeah, I heard uh, that. I, and I'm like, wow, that's. So, How do you do? Th- yeah, I mean, even if it's your, so you know, it's being washed away as well. You know, no. her birthday was coming up in a week, so no, no, I, that's. Uh, no, I, no, I, no. I don't say to anybody, my daughter's 21. She's 20. No, he, no, 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 you're missing this one. He did that on purpose. That way, he can always use it as a callback when he doesn't run for the re-election. He can say, you know, even if you remember, I couldn't even remember my daughter's birthday. That's how oh. far away I'm getting from my family. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay. I believe that this whole thing that's going on with the debt ceiling is is classic Washington payback. He made such a big stink about lack of leadership and everything else when he voted against raising the debt ceiling during the Bush administration that they're just paying him back. You, you, you can dish it out, but you can't take it. They're just waiting for the lack of leadership thing to come. Well, Obama's got no leadership skills here. I mean, the whole thing is a payback. I don't think the Republicans or the Democrats or anybody in there care about taxes one way or the other. As far as they're concerned, they can ruin the public as long as they stay in office. I'm not, I'm not buying any deeper, uh, so they, uh, but analysis than that. But they're doing a really crappy job about it because they're, I did not know that he had voted against it, and it's it's not really being propagated. Well, no, they're not trying. It's just between them. It's not for oh, the public not, to know. Oh, really? Oh, that's even dumber. It's just like we're giving it to you. We're giving you the needle. See how much you can take. Beg for mercy. Beg for mercy. <laughs> You'll be my bitch. And the other one they're not talking about much is the fact that he's the one who instituted those private jet tax deals. It was him, and now he's railing against what he put in. Explain that. How, how did he institute that? The early, if you look in, in 2009, there was a bunch of articles. The AP has a huge bunch of stories about how when they did TARP and the bailout, there was specific provisions for the small. Oh, jet, I remember that. Yes, I do for the remember jet that. Manufacturers because it was going to create jobs in Wichita for Beca- because Laugh. because the bailout guys were flying to Washington with their jets. Wasn't that how and, it started? No, that's how it started. But then, it, but that then, then it was kind of that part was covered up because then it was because the jet guy said, "Hey, you're ruining our business." So Obama says, "Okay, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to in the bailout, we're going to give the jet owners a tax break, which will encourage sales, so Wichita and Beechcraft can sell more mm-hmm. jets." He's the one who put it in. Now the the right wing is kind of torn about this because they were mocking it when it first came out, and now they can't just say because they're going to look like a bunch of hypocrites too. So they're not saying much about it. they're just bitching about it but they're not making this connection i've only heard it twice on any of these tv stations right that, that somebody mentioned that this is obama's tax break he's the <laughs> one who created the tax break for the jet guys and now he's complaining about it. i mean this whole thing is is stinks dorch mcgurkin i'm i'm looking at the hashtag by the way we have a new hashtag which is hashtag hash, hashtag number sign <laughs> hashtag number sign ask obama do you realize that while you attack corporate jet owners you're flying around in our jet <laughs> hashtag ask obama why does your wife wear her belt so ridiculously high <laughs> <laughs> at barack obama you were mentioned on today's no agenda show yeah i'm sure he's clicking away as we speak by uh, hashtag obama by the way are you still smoking 
keep it up, guys. Keep it up. But you know, it's it, the six is when it all kicks into gear. But uh, a lot of people will be looking for this hashtag number sign. And uh, it's good promotion for the show. So I think that's good. Anyway, so uh, that's what's going on here in Gitmo Nation, uh, United States of uh, of brokenness. And uh, I, Ms. Mickey and I, uh, we're, we're kind of decided that we're after the, the Hot Pockets tour, which I might remind you kicks off in uh, 11 days. Ooh. Uh, we are going to move out of the great state of California. Yeah, well, not a wise thing as far as I'm concerned. State's ridiculous. It, yeah, it's and corrupt. It that too. Talking about corrupt. Now we have. Before we go into our our little uh, producer segment, uh, of course, we did get a lot of kudos on t- on the Twitter for the fact that we <laughs> called the uh, oh the, the Dominic Smith Con uh, the Strauss Con Smith Con. <laughs> From now on, he's he's uh, Dominic Smith Con. That's <laughs> Smith Con man, and so. Uh, and it looks like, and I got a little analysis of it because the New York Times has some some various write-ups, oh, and they're obviously good. out to get Cyrus Vance. You know, it's funny because the, uh, I I was looking at this. I'm like, where where is the connection? What's going? By the way, it's Cyrus Vance Jr. Right, because he's also an old man. By the way, so. yeah, this is the only connection I could make, and he is son of uh, former Secretary of State during the was it Carter administration. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Uh, Cyrus Vance, Secretary of State for uh, the Carter administration. But you know there's a Sarkozy connection there. Did you know that? No. So Nicolas Sarkozy, uh, his stepfather, Frank G. Frank G. Wisner II, was a prominent CIA official who married his stepmother, Christine de Janet, in 1977, served as Deputy Executive Secretary of State uh, under Cyrus Vance. It's a stretch, but that's the only one I could really find. There is a Sarkozy-Cyrus Vance connection, which kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like, well, maybe it partially was about the uh, the presidential elections. but Maybe. I mean, but, but, from that level, I, eh, it's but, a little interesting. But, but, but just who are we kidding? It's like... The guy gets accused. They perp walk in. They, you know, it's huge. It's like it's ripped off the plane. He immediately loses his job. The Chicago 25 alum Chicago law firm Shill from Baker McKenzie. You know, don't be fooled by the French accent. She was the managing director of one of the oldest and very prestigious law firms in the country from the Chicago cabal. She takes his job two days later. Oh, man. She, oh, damn, man. I'm sorry. We got to let you go. I mean, really? You have to do what you got to do. Well, do you have any analysis? Well, I'll do it after the after the major break when I go to the New York Times for my okay, little good. segment. Oh, that's right. I have to get your uh, I, and and in regards right. to Cyrus Vance, I don't have any real major analysis about why uh, you know what he has really is connected to. I, all I know is it's apparent by reading the Times that they're out to get him. Do you know He's that out. the? Uh, the the woman who was running the sex crime unit for the past 10 years resigned yesterday. Why? Well, the bogus thing, and so she resigned, but you know, now they're saying, well, she was fired because she appeared in uh, an HBO documentary on the 20th. Her name is uh, Lisa Friel. And uh, she, by the way, she's kind of milfy looking. 
not that it matters, but just interesting. Um, and uh, the you know, there's now people saying, oh, you know, you you talked about evidence about some case. It wasn't related to Dominic Smith uh, Smith Con <laughs> and and Nicole Smith Con. Um, but uh, that's why she was fired. Now, this is not anything official. She, of course, said she's leaving to pursue outside interests. But I have to say, the coincidence of her resigning a day after this case falls apart, it's just, it's too, there's too much fishiness going on. No, the whole thing is fishy. And, and of course, they're blaming this Vance character because apparently he, he, he fired a bunch of uh, district attorneys that I guess were very popular. I don't know. I think the New York Police Department has got, has got to be a web of corruption in all kinds of different levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, as any giant police department would be. Well, and who's in charge of the police at the end of the day? It's uh, Bloomberg. Yeah, and Bloomberg would be, yeah, right. And, and I think that Vance is not playing ball or whatever he's doing wrong, and he's uh, uh, was targeted. I think this was the whole thing was set him up because, he, you know, they were blaming him, and people say, well, they should fire him. Well, he's, he just takes the cases that the police give him, and they give him a, a solid, rock-solid case on a silver platter. Did he say, wait a minute, this case is bogus? No, the police gave him a solid case, supposedly, and then when they started to put the, investigate it a little further at the DA level, they found that the thing was bullcrap. My favorite one is they they've translated a, a phone call from the woman, the yeah. the, the, the rapey, but they knew calling about, her yeah. boyfriend yeah. in jail in Arizona when they apparently record <laughs> the calls in Arizona in the prison, and she's talking in some weird language that took this long to translate apparently a couple of days ago, and she's saying, "Don't worry, honey, this guy's worth a lot of money." Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But then her lawyer came out and uh, he said some really uh, shocking things. I, did you? Well, my favorite thing by him was where he called the district attorney, Vance, a, a coward for not doing the case. Now, this is this is what I thought was shocking. I was listening to this and like, wow, this is sh- it's just shocking. By the way, her first attorney was some amb- ambulance chaser. He got pulled off real quick and then they put this guy in. When, when the victim walked into that suite, she did so for one reason, and that was to clean that suite. She was told no one was inside that room, and she went into that room believing that no one was inside that room. And then Dominique Strauss-Kahn came out running out of one of those rooms naked towards her. And he grabbed her breast first and started to attack her. He then grabbed her vagina with so much force that he hurt her. He grabbed her vagina with so much force that he bruised her vagina. And it just goes on and on and on about vagina. I was like, wow. And you listen to the whole thing, and you can find that at uh, 318.nashownotes.com. It's shocking. This guy really pulled out all the stops. He's like, he bruised her vagina. He hurt her vagina. He grabbed her vagina with so much force that her vagina. It's like, oh, okay. By the way, that's not a clip you're going to see on your nightly news. No. Because uh, we can't say vagina. No, you can't say anything. This is it's it's deteriorated to an extreme. So let's thank our producers uh, for today's show. 
after that, you got something else after you want to add. After that little depressing bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they're the guys who make it so we can actually play clips like that and, and discuss uh, probably angles to stories that other people just simply won't even consider because they don't have enough time, A, and they got to cut to a commercial, and then they're at the mercy of the, the people that are playing the commercials. Uh so let's start. We got three executive producers and uh, four, it looks like, associate executives. I'm sorry, we got one, two, three. So, oh, two executive producers and three associates. Just, okay. a, just a quick, I'm sorry, quick programming note. Uh, Miss Mickey, could you grab the papers that are to the left of my laptop? It's the counterintelligence report. It's the... <laughs> How does that sound? Honey, could you please uh, grab me the counterintelligence, <laughs> counterintelligence. report? It's uh, to the left of the laptop. It's about uh, 30 pages. Thank you, honey. Yeah, the one that's, tra- the one that's uh, encrypted and it's in the... No, it is. The, it's, the the inte- it's the counterintelligence report. With the I- handcuffs on it, the hook to the uh, briefcase. <laughs> I remember I forgot to bring it into the studio. I, I don't want to interrupt the flow. So, all right, let's go. Uh, James Briscoe, uh, 33827, who becomes a knight today from Bayshore, New York, uh, I was highly amused by my pronunciation of Ron Concoma. Uh, I guess I got it wrong, but he wants now because he, well, you know, if you're going to donate this kind of money and become a knight, I guess I can do, I can pronounce some more fun names. Uh, Patch Hog Hop Hopog. <laughs> Quag, Quag, you got Quag Islandia, right. Islandia, uh, Wyandanch. Thank you, thank you, ma'am. That Is that the counterintelligence report? Yeah, well, Spionk and Mineola. <laughs> what I was referring to before with respect to an executive producer level donation was this, that I donate on that level for the show right after the 1,000 rupee donation was read. So here it is, is well-deserved. Ask if you could please credit, hopefully, the executive producer credit to my 15-year-old cousin, Dylan Longworth. Sure, he'd get a kick out of it. With respect to the karma, it is appreciated. I just don't want to dilute its value to others as karma for my plight is secondary to those who need it for a job. And the bit about handwriting, I was referring to my handwriting on the envelope, not on the note itself. Adios, mofos. (laughs) Jim. So does he want some karma? Do you give him karma or not? He doesn't specifically ask for okay. it. He just wants us All to right. transfer the uh, ownership of the executive producer to uh, Dylan. Okay, then I'll... Oh. Uh, let me just put it in there, then. Dylan will be executive producer. So it's uh, Dylan Longworth. Cool. All right. Uh, David Peterson in Mina, Arkansas. Whoa! Yeah, that's where uh, all those kids got killed for discovering Clinton smuggling drugs. $333.33. He needs a de-douching. Yeah, big time. You've been de-douched. He says he needs a de-douching because I almost went out and bought a Porsche before <laughs> donating to the show. Also, I need some karma <laughs> for a new job I'm starting on Wednesday. Wow. Uh, who needs karma when you got a Porsche? You've got karma. Wow. A, really? A Porsche has like a $150,000 car, isn't it? Well, you can. There's cheaper ones. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't even get my sob washed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy came up at, at the gas station with like five some, bucks, dude. No, he uh, had like some uh, some spray can. He's like, yeah, see these water stains? Like, no, man, that's all right. Oh, that yeah, I had run into that guy. That's the same guy. I'm sure. It's yeah, annoying. They show up all over the place. I'm like, go away. And oh, no, please don't. Don't show me how great your spray can is. Yeah, but it's free. No, it's all right. 
I the guys had this spray cans. They, they, they come up to you at the gas station. It's like a team. It's like this guys who yeah. used to sell candy bars door to door for some some scammer. Yeah. So they so the guy comes up to me. He says, "Yeah, it does this. It does that." I said, "Really? It'll it'll take all the it'll, it'll clean up the uh, the uh, headlights, the ones that are kind of, where the plastics kind of corroded, so you, the headlight can barely go through." He says, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "Really? Well, just go go clean my headlights," <laughs> and he couldn't get anywhere with them. <laughs> So that took care of that. Mark uh, Martin, it's another thing. I'm sorry, we have three executive producers. Santa Monica, California in the morning. John and Adam is my third and hopefully luckiest donation. I'd like to ask for our three karma shots uh, to help my new job search. Uh, I don't know. We don't have them down for knighthood because if he did three, this is 33333 mm-hmm. when you would throw in the penny. Yeah. Um, Buzzkill Jr., can you just check on that? Yeah, Mark check on, on this guy. Yeah. And otherwise, we're going to have to put him into a Black Knight uh, status next show. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to help my new job search. Uh, uh, second karma shot for my cousin Claire, who found out her cancer was returned. And the third for my sister, who you need a triple karma, karma, karma. For uh, my sister, who's a teacher in the great state of California, needs a new job even after she got nothing but good reviews from her department and parents. Thanks for the student parents, obviously. Thanks for the great show. Please have John pronounce my last name correctly. Martin. <laughs> Yes. Uh, it is French, and Karma needs to know who it is going to. I guess it's Martinet, right? Yeah, that would that would be correct. Okay, Monsieur Martinet, Karma numero uno. You've got Karma. We really got to do three. That's kind of weird, though. Huh? You could have stopped uh, them all together. You've got. I, d- I don't have karma. it. I don't have it. Uh, I only have one uh, button for the Karma. So here we go. Last one. You've got. Karma. So that's a three 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 point three three karma shout out triple shot. Yeah, it's his. Uh, uh, thank you, Buzzkill uh, Junior. No, he's not a knight yet, but he's getting there. He's getting there. His, yeah, he's getting there. Okay, but he's not done. Uh, he has not done the uh, the. Well, tri- and, he the can, and he also, by the way, if you're going to do your uh, knighthoods uh, based on various, uh, do your accounting and send it to us. Uh, Stephen Pelsmacher, very yeah. much Pelsmachers. He's back again. Of Belgium is helping us again. Once again, he's our uh, all-time uh, high uh, patron. 235 in honor of the 235th anniversary of Gitmo Nation's Independence Day. Hopefully, it won't be the last. <laughs> Did you? He sent me an. Uh, he sends me a lot of articles. Did you know that the uh, all street lamps in Belgium are now put at half power? <laughs> Got, to conserve energy, that. like why? <laughs> uh, uh, because uh, they got they're broke. It's, they got no government, no money. And that Farid douche on CNN, he did a whole piece on Belgium this morning about how funny and how awesome they are because they just bear with it. No government, no problem. It's, that's exactly what Europe wants. Yeah, they will, so the EU can take it. Yes, right exactly. And put your street lamps at half power. Uh, did he mention that? No, of course not. Oh. No. Well, what kind of a report is that? Yeah. So we had, anyway, Stephen, uh, Sir Baron, Baron von Pelsmarkers will be a uh, associate executive producer. Nick Cola Cress and Nicola. Saint, Nicola. No, sorry, Saint Nicola. And Clark's in Western Australia. Saint Nicky here. Now that is. Need another karma for my patients. So this is our nurse. Right. Some really tough cases lately. It leaves traces on my mood. Now, is Saint Nicky associate? She's an associate. Yeah. Okay. Here's for your patient, Saint Nikki, and you are sure. You've Saint- got karma. 
Yeah, doesn't she work at like some like cancer ward or something? Yeah, something yeah. bad. She's trying hard to get more people into you. Unfortunately, there's not much interest. She says, <laughs> "Thanks." People who are She's dying are like, wrong. "Don't sell it to newbies. <laughs> sell it to the, the already people that are already skeptical." No, no. She's like, "Don't tell your patients." This is what the patients yeah, are like. All, I'm yeah, dying. Right, I don't need to hear this together. crap. This is the no agenda show. Oh, life's not worth living. A random douchebag for all the distracted slaves. Thank you, uh, John, Grum, John Grumling in Aspen, Colorado, $200 ready kilowatt in the chat room. Uh, fantastic shows recently. Unbelievable how the MSM completely ignores all the crap going on in Washington. Even more unbelievable that no one seems to care. Which, by the way, I, I agree with him. Yeah. That's what, to me, is always unbelievable. That no one cares. No one yeah, cares. No one cares. Uh, keep up the fight. They fight with bombs. We fight with the truth. Uh, Neil Liston in Edinburgh Lothians, UK. Brilliant show, guys. The absolute best. Can you please send some karma to my brother Mark, who is suffering from lack of employment here in Gitmo Nation, Haggis? Yeah, absolutely. Coming your way, Mark. You've got karma. And so we have a lot of... I want to thank all the producers, by the way. Samuel Jones in Fredericksburg, Virginia. The last one, $200. Uh, Liston and Grumbling were also $200. There's some of my treasure. A vial of my blood is in the mail. <laughs> I live in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I think, remember you guys saying that Maggie Vincent lives there, too, and he wants to get, hook up when you're floating around. That's uh, Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia, supplier of the official Hot Pockets 2008 tour vehicle. As long as I have this form, I'd like to recommend some movies and books. Fathead is a great documentary about real healthy eating, available via streaming on Netflix. The Case Against the Fed by Murray N. Rothbard is often cited by Ron Paul as an influence. And it tells you enough about our banking uh, system to make you want to puke. Sure. Speaking of Ron Paul, I haven't heard you mention his new book, Liberty Defined. Put it yeah, on the book club. I, yeah, I have not read it yet. I, I haven't either. I don't know why, because I read and his and the, the Fed. Call out his brother Matt as a douchebag. Douchebag. Because he's never donated. So that would do it for today's uh, producers of the uh, executive producers, that is, of this show. And we want to thank them. It makes the show possible. Everybody who contributes, uh, we really appreciate this. Uh, it, and again, you can't, you're not going to get this kind of analysis or, or community, actually, that anyplace else. In fact, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, you've heard already we've covered uh, Dominic uh, SmithCon. We've covered, uh, uh, what do we talk? We've covered uh, uh, Obama actually riling against things that uh, he's done in the past. I mean, this is a real conversation. We're not like uh, J school guys or anything, but, you know, it's, it's based on factual information. Here's what. Uh, the nightly news was and NBC. This is like the the big network. Here's their topics. Broadcast tonight: system failure exposing a gaping hole in airport security. How did a man get through screening onto a plane and all the way across the country with a boarding pass that wasn't his? Fighting words after being called out by the president. The Senate will come back to work during their July break, while Republicans had some choice words for him. Fast track: China is rocketing ahead of the U.S. with high-speed rail. And it has a lot of people wondering how long we can keep chugging along the same old track. And Royal Road Trip. The newlyweds are just over our northern border tonight and about to take the U.S. by storm. Nightly news begins now. So let me let me get this right. 
Wait, wait. Where was the extra, extra, extra thing in there? I know. So we had planes, really bad. Trains, really good. All aboard. Trains, good. Planes, bad. And then we had something about the Royals and then some other thing. It's like, that's not news, Brian Williams. That's not news. It's horrible. So that... We want to mention the Dvorak.org slash NA and NoAgendaNation.com and ChannelDvorak.com slash NA for people who want to uh, become executive producers to this show and next show coming up. Yeah, we have a couple of interesting shows on the way, of course. We had no 318 Club members today. Yeah, it's uh, weird. You can become a member of the... We got 321 coming up, 321, and 333, of course, is the big one. And... Uh, Information on how to support the show is available uh, at lots of places. We have uh, moving up towards 500 domain names now, uh, all pointing, uh, independently registered, all pointing to noagendashow.com. A couple of new forwards came in, uh, noagendaresearch.com, uh, which is interesting. Uh, we have, uh, I don't understand this one, fishbulbphoto.com. Am I missing something there? What is it again? Fishbulbphoto. Fish bulb? Bulb, yeah. Fish bulb. Yeah. I, no. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't I don't understand either. Somebody in the chat room might get it. Bloodtreasure.com. I like that one. That's a good one. Pete, good job there. Uh <laughs> you can always always follow me on tweeter.com. <laughs> and you can always follow me on Twitter. <laughs> You can always follow me on Twitter.com. Now pointing to uh, com. Buzzkill and Crackpot.com. We've had Crackpot and Buzzkill, so that's nice. Loafersontheground.com, which, of course, is our uh, phrase for the CIA, now uh, involved everywhere in the Arab Spring. Escapefromgitmonation.com. Securesharedservices.com, which you thought was hilarious for some reason. I... I didn't quite understand. It was because it's like a big deal in the UK right oh, now. Oh, it's the Gitmo Nation East uh, UK government uh, secure shared services. Got it. Yes, yeah, their cloud or whatever that is. We also is. have securesharedservices.co.uk. <laughs> I need to be safe. Hey, these you guys. Would, you know, they can, that, that's probably an auctionable one at some point. These guys can help me. He's John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry. Yeah. Who the hell are they? Yeah. Uh, hitpeopleinthemouth.com apparently uh, was still available, but now we have uh, redirects, uh, a lot of them. This is uh, from Greg, who's a PHP dev. So if you do uh, hitpeopleinthemouth.com slash show, you go to noagendashow.com slash iTunes, you get the iTunes feed slash NA, you get... Uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. He's got a whole bunch set up, slash RSS, slash Zoom, slash stream... Uh, just tons of stuff, and you can uh, do slash and then any show number, and it'll take you to the show notes. It's a great oh, job. Cool. Yeah, no, it's very cool. I like that. Yeah, it's very cool. Noagendamemes.com, noagendasurvival.com. And, and here's this I have no idea, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Toby. I can't believe that this trademark, trademark, mind you, and licensed phrase was available. If you see something, say something.com. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and try it. If you see something, say something.com. If you see something, say something. And that redirects directly to noagendashow.com. Great job, Toby. That's fantastic. 
I, I don't I don't understand how what kind of boneheads are these people? <laughs> really? That's like the number one thing you got to do. It's like yeah, I'm gonna trademark this, and it's like SeanHannity.com. Yeah, but before you even trademark it, you get the domain name because you, once you trademark it, somebody's gonna do what we just did. Yeah, like, hijack it. I'm famous for it. <laughs> I can just see it now. Adam Curry arrested in Los Angeles. Trying the, to escape California. The 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 known domain name hijacker. He hijacked and District stole Attorney. MTV's name, which of course would be William not true. William Wilson was asked for comment. Well, we understand Mr. Curry was actually renting a, uh, a he was going to go to Virginia, for suspiciously go to Virginia, then he was going to get into an RV and disappear. Flight risk. He's a flight risk. We got to grab him now. Yeah. He, and, you know, I can just see it. They'll be like standing out. They'll do a stand-up. Stand-up. And a perp walk. Well, thank you, Wolf. Uh, we're outside uh, this house where Adam Curry was renting uh, with a uh, an unknown uh, uh, woman. And uh, this house, uh, funny to know, John, uh, uh, Miss R. Wolf, uh, was used uh, by uh, porn companies. Uh, we talked to one of the neighbors. Yeah, you know, there were really lots of cameras and lights that they had going in, and we always thought it was kind of suspicious. And that's it from the porn house with the domain name Hijacker and Lone Wolf Terrorist Adam Curry. Back to you in the studio. That's could, about it. Yeah. I think uh, you nailed it. Uh, and Tim uh, asked if we could mention this again. Uh, please, I was sitting in a, to- a coffee shop. I live on top of a coffee shop. And uh, I've got my Wi-Fi router, the guest zone set up with noagendashow.com, password in the morning. Time to mention that again because it's a really good idea. And uh, I uh, wholeheartedly agree. And whoever did the CSS design for podcastlicense.com, if you are within the sound of my voice, please uh, help me because I screwed something up. <laughs> we need the CSS. Do? Uh, don't, what did you do? Don't even. Well, you know, I've been working a lot on the servers and all these domain names, and it was got it. Something hor- went horribly wrong with the CSS. And if you ever looked at CSS and tried to do that, John, it's like uh-uh. it's hard to debug. It's it's just very hard. So if anyone could please uh, help me, so we can reinstall them, because we got a couple people who have. Uh, uh, donated $33.33 to the show and subsequently deserve a podcast license. I still have not done the ones from the previous show because it was all messed up. So they're stacking up and we got to get these licenses out there because people have to be listening to the show legally. Uh, so please, uh, if you can, or if someone else has a great uh, CSS design, whatever, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take all the help we can get. So thank you all very much for your uh, PR uh, efforts. That is uh, highly appreciated. Our associate executive producers, St. Nikki, John Grumling, Neil Liston, and Samuel Jones, along with our executive producers, Dylan Longworth, Mark Marinet, and Baron Stephen Pelsmachers. Uh, of course, for all of you, uh, some of you already have a credit. Uh, you know you can add it to that list. Unlike the phonies in Hollywood, we will actually vouch for you at any time when you need us to do that. And if you're out there and you'd like to help out, here's something you can do. Propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it with me, everybody. Shut up, Slave. So, um, I asked Miss Mickey to bring it in. You know, we have a new, uh, a new douche who is in charge of uh, counter-terrorism. Yeah, they just, yeah, I saw this guy. 
Uh, okay, so his name is... Did you see, by the way, they did a special on one of these shows where they actually brought you into the counterterrorism area where apparently he manages with all the computers and, and screens. No, nah, I don't know. What was that? What on? a waste of money. <laughs> well, here's what, here's what my beef. So this guy's name is Matthew Olson. The guy who was in there was like a military guy. And I think if, you know, if you're going to have someone who's in charge of counterterrorism... You know, and terror, of course, is a big deal these days. <laughs> then uh, it should be someone who knows about, I don't know, combat and terror. This guy's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. a lawyer. He's a lawyer from the NSA. And a former prosecutor. He's a, really, a lawyer is now going to be in charge, the chief of counterterrorism? That doesn't that make it. They must be worried sick about getting sued. Yes. Now, so they released a brief. It's on WhiteHouse.gov. It is the National Strategy for Counterterrorism. And uh, I just wanted to uh, mention a few things. Uh, because it's a. I understand why they brought a lawyer in because it's a lawyer document. The whole thing has footnotes and caveats. And so the principal focus of the National Strategy for Counterterrorism is the collection of groups and individuals who comprise Al-Qaeda and its affiliates and adherents. And it even says here, definition. Adherents. Individuals who have performed collaborative relationships with, act on behalf of, or are otherwise inspired to take action in furtherance of the goals of Al-Qaeda, the organization and the ideology including by engaging in violence regardless of whether such violence is targeted at the United States, its citizens, or its interests. Wow. That is like, don't they call that broad and overreaching in the court? Isn't that uh, kind of what they say? Uh, absolutely, but I, I have a bigger question. I, okay. Specifically, why don't you, I, I'll ask you, specifically, what are the goals of Al-Qaeda? Ah, specifically. Ah, 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 Okay. Is it in there? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. So there's a a footnote here. One, first it says, affiliates is not a legal term of art. Although it includes associated forces, it additionally includes groups and individuals against whom the United States is not authorized to use force based on the authorities granted by the authorization for the use of military force. The use of affiliates in this strategy, in this brief, is intended to reflect a broader category of entities against whom the United States must bring various elements of national power as appropriate and consistent with the law to counter the threat they pose. Associated forces is a legal term of art that refers to co-belligerents of Al-Qaeda or the Taliban Against whom the president is authorized oh, to they use force. The Taliban in, and and then they go back to the use of uh, authorization for use of military force, two thousand one, which George Bush signed. Um, let me see. Uh, I think I can answer your question here. This is, uh, yeah, this is our principle of creating a culture of resilience. In other words, rat on your neighbor is reflected in more detail in presidential. Policy Directive 8. Now, these are, the, these are the big deal. This came out in May 2011, and uh, there's a link to it in the show notes. I'm not going to talk about it now, but you should read this. This PPD is aimed at strengthening the security and resilience of the United States through systematic preparation for the threats that pose the greatest risk to the security of the nation, including acts of terrorism, 
cyber attacks, pandemics, and catastrophic natural disasters. Yep. A natural disaster? Oh, yeah. Because that's the earthquake machine. They're covering their legal ass there. Uh, two more points. The United States deliberately... I thought you were, before you make these points, I thought you were going to tell me what the goals of Al-Qaeda were. It's, it's, it's long. It's the whole introduction. And, and it, it, it's, you can't make, you can't... I can't sum No, but... Down he, to two sentences, the goals of Al-Qaeda are... To kill Americans. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that, that's at least simple. So there's two things that... Uh, it's, it's like 40 pages. Uh, the United States deliberately uses the word war to describe our relentless campaign against Al-Qaeda. However, this administration has made it clear that we are not at war with the tactic of terrorism or the religion of Islam. We are at war with a specific organization, Al-Qaeda. Which is beautiful because you know, and now it's belligerents and everyone adherents. It's, it's crazy. No wonder they brought the lawyer in. Now let me ask you this question. Who did we kill in Pakistan? I think there was a guy named Bin Laden. Seriously, what, what was his name? Who did we, the president said his name? What was his name? Uh, Osama or Usama Bin Laden. Now the president clearly said Osama. No, he said Usama, didn't he? I think he said Osama. I thought he said Usama. I know there was a we debated this on the show about the Usama versus the Osama one being code for something. Well, because here it says specifically, you you never see this spelled anymore with a U. It's always with an O. Every news organization, the New York the New York Times, look in the New York Times, see if you can find if they spell it Osama or Usama. Because I think there's two different guys. <laughs> Seriously, and here in this document it says the death of Usama bin Laden. So who did we kill? Osama or Usama? Osama, Usama, Sama, Sama, Hey, Sama, Hey, Sama, Ho, Sama. So anyway, so that's our uh, Shadow Puppet Theater. Bring in the lawyers because uh, that's exactly what's going to be happening. Uh, we're just going to be arresting people left and right based upon their adherence and belligerence. So while you were doing that, I was listening to the CIA uh, mouthpiece uh, that <laughs> comes out of the woodwork to do every. She's on CNN. She's on Fox. She's everywhere. This Fran Townsend, very attractive woman. Uh, and when the, you hear her introduction, you go, oh "My God, why don't we just you know why don't we just read a press release?" But I want to play because she talks about some of this, especially about the Yemen stuff going on. And I, I want to just deconstruct a little of it. But before we do that, so people can get used to the fact that she stammers before she's going to she's trying to remember, remember her script. <laughs> I have a Townsend medley of stammers, so we can get 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 oh. into the pacing of it. Oh, hold on! I, I queued up your. Fr I didn't know there was three. Okay. Oh, we have a medley. John, lovely. I love this. You know, Jessica, Yemen is and referred. Uh, you know, the vice president of Yemen for the um, Al <laughs> in in Yemen and helped the Yemeni, the remaining Yemeni. Heard, look, look, well, it's it, it's incredibly and, and look at that. This they helped. Uh, they have provided some help. Wow. Okay. Oh wait, wait, hold. On. First of all, I'm looking at her now. Uh, sorry, she does not qualify for a MILF uh, shot. And she, she has very thin lips because she's uh, been lying all of her life. <laughs> you know, people who lie a lot, they got very thin lips. They're the most British. So, uh, <laughs> wow. That, so that was, uh, that was a lot of uh, stammering. 
Yeah, well, here she, I got two clips from her. One is on Yemen and the other one over Pakistan. And the, st- the stammering really kicks it up a notch when she talks about Pakistan. But we, I consider when she speaks, I always pay attention to her because she is, she's got a pipeline to something. And when you listen to the, the her introduction, you'll kind of have a clue as to why she should be listened to. Now let's get some analysis on the situations in both Pakistan and Yemen with Fran Townsend, CNN national security contributor and former Homeland Security Advisor to President Bush. She is also a member of both the CIA and DHS external advisory boards. And, okay, she, her hotness just kicked up a notch. <laughs> it's like, I don't care, baby, just turn off the light. Hi, Fran. So first, let's, let's start with Yemen. We heard Nick Robertson describe a pretty frightening picture there. What are your sources saying about what's, what's really going on in that country? You know, Jessica, Yemen has been a top priority and huge concern across two administrations now. When I was in the White House, I had responsibility on the counterterrorism issue. And John Brennan, President Obama's uh, Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor, is struggling with this issue now and referred, you know, the Vice President of Yemen referred to John in his interview with Nick Robertson. Look, the United States has put tremendous amount of capability and resources there to try and help sort of stabilize the situation. There's no question we have every form of human intelligence, technical intelligence. We're trying to target and help the Yemeni, the remaining Yemeni government target al-Qaeda. But I think what we hear from Nick's report and from others in the region is that we're losing that. And, and Yemen is losing its ability to control key provinces, key regions of their own country. Um, in, in Yemen, al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, which is the main al-Qaeda affiliate there, affiliate. is the strongest <laughs> of the affiliates. Um, they are the most capable. They have the most capable bomb maker. Remember, we've got Anwar al-Awlaki, the American-born al-Qaeda cleric there. And so this really is is probably the single most important serious threat to, for the ability to launch an attack into the United States there in Yemen. And that, that threat's getting worse, not better. Ugh. Okay, here we go. Here's every meme in the world. First of all, why is this guy, why is he, the whoever this guy is, the bomb maker? This guy, isn't, none of his bombs have ever exploded. He's the bomb maker. So they got the best bomb maker. They got affiliates. They got the affiliate program going on. <laughs> hey, that's he, illegal in California. You can't have an affiliate for Al Qaeda in California unless you so pay they got sales an tax. Affiliate program, and so I guess everybody gets a nickel or a dime for every new recruit. I don't know. It sounds like a like a pyramid scheme. So they got an affiliate program, and then they got this is they got our cleric, the American cleric bullcrapper, that idiot, and then. Of course, this is where all the, the all the attacks, all the attack. In oh. other words, Yemen is going to be attacking us tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. What? What? what are the, is the public so stupid? This country, these guys haven't got enough money to, to do anything. In fact, they have a report about uh, which is. Let's see if I have it on. Well, here. it's in you know it's in the uh, in the counterterrorism report. That's the num- That's the number one thing. Arabian Peninsula, Al Qaeda, and Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula (AQAP). And uh, it says right here, this is the first, after all that bullcrap legalese, the United States faces two major counterterrorism challenges in the Arabian Peninsula, the direct threat posed by al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, and the large quantity of financial support from individuals and charities that flow from that region to al-Qaeda, its affiliates, and adherents around the world. Hey, can I be your adherent? Is that like like a dependent? 
Well, I don't know if I get a tax write-off. You're all, I'm all for it. <laughs> so meanwhile, of course, there was a BBC report. There's, these memes are about Yemen are everywhere. Yeah. The BBC had a really funny report about play the, play the wait 10 days for gas clip. Oh, it's a little intermezzo here. Yeah. Another line of cars. The only way to see it properly is by car. I'm going to drive down the line this way now. It's just car after car after car. Some of them have been lining up for days. And here's the checkpoint here. Checkpoint. People tell us there's an impromptu checkpoint. checkpoint. They're protesting. They say that there's no fuel and they're closing the road. But it's situations like this that have led to recent gun battles breaking out. The front of the gas line is about a couple of hundred yards just down the road there. So how long have people been waiting here to They're buy gas? For 10, uh, 10, uh, days. ten days to ten get days, gas. Ten days or more than uh, ten days. And, and how are people beginning to feel about that? Is this making them angry? Is this uh, Liverpool? Is this making them angry? <laughs> I've been here for ten days. <laughs> are you? Uh, are you pissed I off? Love that question. They've been waiting for gasoline for ten days. The line is a mile long still, and then you ask this idiotic question. Is this making you angry? I just thought it was beautiful. Was this Yemen? Yeah, Yemen is out of gas. Wow! And so they got everybody lined up. This is one way to disable the public. You just take their gasoline away. I mean, why would all of a sudden there be no gasoline in Yemen? I mean, what what's changed? Because the guy got there was a bomb threat or something. I mean, I, this whole thing is rigged. It's, this, well, this is what we do continuously. I think maybe we just need to before. And I'd love to hear the uh, the stammering woman some more. Uh, for yeah, I have her on Pakistan next. Yeah. So the, the way what I'm seeing happening, and I have a couple of Lucifer Clinton clips to confirm this. It, it's very simple what we do. First of all, without oil, we die. Okay, uh, sometimes we have to revisit that, John. People don't understand that oil is not what just goes in your car and in the airplane. Everything in without oil, we wouldn't have packaging, fertilizer, refrigeration. I mean, paint, plastic, <laughs> paint. monitors, computer yeah. parts, motherboards. Yeah, but how about food stuff? I mean, fertilizer. I mean, all fertilizer. Ki- all kinds of stuff. I mean, there is no world we without are a oil. Petroleum economy. There is no world without oil. It just isn't. Uh, and it's and what do you think the percentage is that actually goes into uh, producing energy, John? I mean, could you do you have a, a handle on no, that? No, you know I should know that actually. Believe it or not, yeah, I admit to I should know it. I don't, but I would I would assume it's probably about probably I it might be less than half. I I think I think it's probably more like thirty percent. I mean, I'm just guessing. I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, we can look it up. We'll look it up, and maybe somebody else can dig this up for us, too. So without we that, should know this. This is a top-of-the-head right, thing. That's stupid. We don't, the public yeah, should know this. Stupid we don't know that. So um, maybe someone could uh, consult the Book of Knowledge for us. So without that, you die. Everyone dies. It's, it, we need it. So whoever has the most of it wins. And that's why we're doing seven countries in five years, as General Wesley Clark stated, right after uh, September 11th. That's why we're doing it. Is uh, it's a it's not to like it's not to save people from their evil dictators. We're doing it because we want to win, and I don't agree with it. But that's what's going on. And the people who do this, they really believe it's necessary. They really do. So we go in, we stir up some crap, and all these countries who have uh, what does Yemen have? 
Well, Yemen's pretty poor country. No, no, they don't no. really have a Come lot. on, we've been through this. Sideways drilling into Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah, no, they have the sideways drilling. Sideways right. drilling right into we Saudi Arabia. About, about a year ago, we talked about Yeah, we're this. sucking out all of the oil from Saudi Arabia with sideways drilling or horizontal drilling, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. you can go a long ways with those drills. Yeah, Libya, oil. Sudan, oil, refineries, and shipping. Uh, Syria, shipping of oil. It's all about the oil, and it's not just what goes into your car. So that's why this is happening. As long as you know it, it's, God, it's warm in here today. Like we had a heat wave. I'm schwitzing. Well, you know, it, it, the, the idea of, of living in a uh, petroleum economy uh, that never bothered me. It's just that I think they're just handling it poorly. They're just, I, I think you can do without badgering everybody and, and causing this sort of... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, the problem is people like to get extremely wealthy in the process because we're not educated on how it works. You know, we all could get along. We all could figure it out. And we could be paying like a buck, I think. We could be paying a buck for gasoline. Yeah, take me back to Fran, because she's funny. Okay, well, Fran, so she finished her little thing on Yemen. So they asked her about Pakistan, and she's less secure on this one. And this is kind of interesting, because she, as she's giving this little stammering pronouncements about Pakistan, the Pakistani ambassador of the United States is giving a speech on C-SPAN, Really funny guy, great guy, and he's discussing the fact that most of the what was all this negative, these negative memes about Pakistan are all bogus. He says there's all kinds of backroom deals and agreements that are made that you know that Pakistanis have to say one thing for their public and then they do something else. And he was very uh, adamant about the fact that this anti-Pakistan move is something of the, some theater involved and she's right she's definitely part of it she's the one who gives the theatrical presentation of our relationship to Pakistan deteriorating uh, which is the meme and she's I think this is the the uh, at least one part of the of the of the uh, ruling elites uh, opinion of how, how the public should be thinking about Pakistan. You've painted a frightening picture in Yemen turning to Pakistan now. Um, we've seen the Taliban infiltrate nearly every federal agency in that country. Um, just how precarious is the security situation there? Well, it, it, it's incredibly precarious. And, and look, this is this comes at a time where one U.S. official said to me, "It's the we're at the lowest point in our bilateral relationship with Pakistan that he has seen in his many decades uh, working this issue." And I think that's right. Um, you know, look, Leon Panetta is now the Secretary of Defense, but it wasn't certainly he wasn't enjoying a great relationship with them in the wake of the Bin Laden raid when he was director of CIA, and that's going to be a very difficult relationship to repair. This isn't just one incident. For those who think this was the relationship really crumbled over the bin Laden raid, it's been crumbling over time. During the Bush administration, there were serious issues. Pakistan has not been a particularly reliable partner, um, and nor have they helped. Uh, they have provided some help in Afghanistan, but not consistently. And so, it's a troubled relationship. Yeah, our, all weathered friends of China. China. And by the way, China. yeah, all weather friends of China. China. By the way, this woman who's on the CNN, uh, she, she she's reading from a script and she's doing a very poor job of it. And Fran seems to be not happy with this script that she's been given <laughs> because she's stammering and she's saying "look" a lot. She said "look" twice. Look, 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 look. And uh, so this, so the Pakistan thing is 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 very sketchy. I'm not. Uh, and I think it's kind of a giveaway. There's, there's tells all over this particular little bit, but that's what they want you to think anyway. That I'll have I'll have the uh, I'll have a clip for a Thursday show. <clears throat> Speaking of scripts, just so people know how it works, 
uh, Farid Zakaria. This, oh. this, yeah, I know. He's an annoying man. Um, he had a an author on this morning, which is why I can't. I didn't have a clip yet because it was on. You know, we were watching the Breakfast Nook television, and he brings this guy on, and this guy's in. You know, New York, number one New York Times bestseller. His whole thing is to say, oh yes, you know, uh, the revolution is real. It's uh, people. Uh, you know, the young uh, Arabs have Twitter, and uh, that's why it's all taking place. <laughs> and he says. And so Farik says, he does his whole intro, blah, 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 good to have you here. And the guy replies, yes, it's good to have you here. I mean, it's good to be here. Because he's reading the script on the other teleprompter. <laughs> and he read Farik's line. That's great. <laughs> and this, this is, I see this happening more and more, by the way. Yeah. I saw it happen on Jim Cramer's Mad Money, too, with some, uh, like, um, there was a pharmaceutical guy, you know, CEO from a pharmaceutical. Yeah, it's good to have you here. I mean, it's good to be here, Jim. They, they, they keep on doing it because they're reading the script. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's Lucifer. Uh, Lucifer is out on the road, and uh, she's touring around. Her hair, by the way, is a mess. She needs to get back to Paris pretty quick. Oh, yeah. because yeah, And by the way, I have to say, women who are on the road, it's very difficult, uh, and I do feel for her in that regard, uh, being a hair person. You know, it's, it's crappy. So now she's like tying it back, and it's slick. She looks like a guy. Uh, it's really hard for her to, uh, you know, because she doesn't have Jean. Jean-Claude, whoever does her hair in Paris, where she's going to meet all the reporters. We'll have, let's, have a, let's have a café au lait, and then we'll go to Jean-Pierre and have a hard on. Uh, but everything's good in Libya. It's A-OK. -okay. We're rocking. We're right on track. In Madrid, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton thanked the United States ally, Spain, for its contribution to the NATO-led force in Afghanistan and sent condolences for the Spanish troops who were killed in action there recently. Her meeting with Spanish Foreign Minister Trinidad Jimenez focused on bilateral issues. But By the way, this Trinidad uh, is also a woman. She, it's, it's like the Spanish version of Clinton. It's amazing. It's like, huh. it, it, yeah. What's it's her name? Trinidad something or other. Uh, hold on, I can rewind it for a second. Trinidad, Trinidad. Hold on, here it comes. Minister Trinidad Jimenez. Trinidad Jimenez. Don't you know Trinidad Jimenez? Just on bilateral issues, but also on regional and global hotspots like Libya. Clinton answered Muammar Gaddafi's threat on Friday to take the fight into Europe if NATO forces, including Spain, don't back off from Libya. Now, this is a very big deal, and I have another clip that follows this. Uh, so Gaddafi, uh, and by the way, there are like 100,000 people on the street uh, in support of Gaddafi. Of course, you don't see this anywhere except the show notes at 318.nashownotes.com because, of course, you know, the people of Libya are tired of getting Hellfire missiles up their butt all the time for no reason other than to steal the country. Uh, and so Gaddafi is saying, hey, of course, he's dumb. He's playing right into their hands. But saying, hey, if you don't stop that, we're going to, like, start being terrorists. It's not, not a very smart thing. He may not even be saying it for all I know. That could be just a lie. But anyway, that's that's what now is uh, uh, is propagating. That instead of issuing threats, Gaddafi should put the well-being and the interests of his own people first, and he should step down from power and help facilitate a democratic transition that will meet the aspirations of the Libyan people. Uh. We appreciate Spain's contributions to enforcing the no-fly zone and the arms embargo. What is, is Spain flying with us? What are they doing? I don't know that they are. 
Maybe they're, they're, they're cheerleading. I have no idea. Maybe they were, have pom-pom and they're standing by the sideline. Ole! Ole! By the way, Trinidad Jimenez is a socialist. She's the Spanish Socialist Workers Party. Mm. She's the current foreign affairs minister. And you see, you see what I mean? She's the same height. And they're shaking hands. You know, I saw they wanted to like hug in front of the press. I'm like, oh, let's just shake hands. It was weird. It was weird. It was really, it was funny actually. The NATO-led mission is on track. The pressure on Gaddafi is mounting, and the rebels have been gaining strength and momentum. We need to see this through, and we are in complete agreement that we will. Stay the course. Clinton next met with Spanish Prime Minister Jose Luis Rodriguez Zapatero. So this guy, so the, the Prime Minister comes in on crutches, and then he bows and kisses her hand. Uh, and in an awkward moment, and then she like kisses him on the cheek. It was like he was like bowing to it. He, you know, the guy broke his ankle or something. The socialist government has instituted austerity measures to combat Spain's deep economic crisis with 21% unemployment. Clinton said Spain needs time and patience to get the economy back on track. Yeah. Shut up, ah. slave. You need patience. So uh, CNN had this report, uh, which I think they screwed up. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why they're going to have to go to an all hot chick, all bogus news format pretty soon. <laughs> it's, we're patenting that all hot chicks, twenty four hours, bogus news, bogus news, CNN. <laughs> uh, so they do this report about CNN about uh, Gaddafi handing out a million AK forty sevens. By the way, I don't think dictators typically do this. I don't think so. It's not like the normal thing to do is like, hey, you know, you guys hate me. Here's a gun. Uh, and a lot of uh, the people taking up arms are women. Assembling a general purpose machine gun with an unusual accessory at hand. The women of the region have come to Banwalid to prove their loyalty and to show off their weapons, which they're not afraid to use. These are people's sisters, grandmothers, and mothers, but in Mama Gaddafi's Libya, they are a fighting force. From a young age, girls get military training in schools here. But with the war on, Libya's embattled leader has called for fresh volunteers, and women of all ages are signing up. Like 40-year-old textile worker Fatima Masoud. I train after work at four, she says. I go to train on using weapons. I like it and I like the training and defending my country. And now I'm training other women to use the guns. So why do you think that the CNN is showing this? Are they really just not on board with the program? I think it's a, I think you're right. I think it's just a mistake. And and it goes on. You know, and then they talk about Gaddafi's bodyguards. He has these... Uh, you know, female kind of hot bodyguards, and uh, by the way, one of them took a bullet for him. It's, it's not they're, they're not bogus, and these women. And, and well, he used to always have that hot Ukrainian nurse with him all yeah. the time. If you remember <laughs> the uh, the memos from uh, WikiLeaks, which, yeah. which we still haven't heard about since. Yeah. No, no, because uh, Julian Assange did their job. That's yeah. why. Yeah, that's right. Done. Uh, anyway, so I I I question whether. Uh, a dictator who was hated uh, and needs to be ousted because he was going to massacre his people. I question whether that kind of guy would give guns to all the women and they would gladly pick them up and and go fight against the rebels. It's, uh, it's uh, And I was surprised. Yeah, it's logical. Surprised that this was on CNN. Why doesn't somebody mention this on one of these shows? 
And well, the whole clip is rather long and boring, but then it comes back and they no commentary. Boom, right to the next thing. And it was. Yeah, it was very another Wolf Blitzer thing. Anyway, so then they slipped it in to give us, you know, let some people say, hey, think about this. And they just throw it in. and They couldn't say anything. Well, they definitely didn't. It's very subversive. So then Lucifer goes to Lithuania, uh, which, of course, has its own problems with Belarus because, you know, everything's falling apart because everyone is like getting uh, screwed. And uh, and there she uh, uh, sat with the Lithuanian, I think, prime. Maybe it was also the foreign minister or another woman, uh, which is very interesting. I see a lot of powerful women today. Uh, so we got women uh, screwing uh, over countries and women picking up arms to fight back. This is a very interesting uh, development that I that needs further investigation. Could be a meme. And Lucifer uh, talks about, and she, I mean, it went in Lithuania and your hair is shit. Let's talk about Syria. It doesn't appear that there's a coherent and consistent message. And by the way, listen, if you if you take our position that this is being set up and the jackals are in and it's all this. So, you know, and the, uh, and as the Syrian president says, hey, we've got like uh, armed uh, thugs coming in and riling people up. This is not us. This is thugs. And the president, the president of Syria keeps saying it. You know, so you can call him a liar. Like his dad, the guy's a liar. You also could say, well, maybe there's something to that. But listen how she speaks. And if you take our position, which is often contrary to what's being propagated, it's almost like she's just laying it all out. Coming from Syria. Uh, We know what they have to do. Uh, They must begin a genuine transition to democracy. And allowing one meeting of the opposition in Damascus uh, is not sufficient action toward uh, achieving that goal. So I am disheartened uh, by the recent reports of continued violence on the borders and in uh, Aleppo, uh, where demonstrators have been beaten, attacked with knives by government uh, organized groups and security forces. Now, organized groups and security forces with knives? Why does she slip in the knives thing? This is new. I haven't heard about the knives. So something is coming up with knives. Um, It is absolutely clear that the Syrian government is running out of time. Uh, There isn't uh, any question about that. No question. They're running out of time. No question. They are either going to uh, allow a serious political process that will include peaceful protests to take place throughout Syria and engage in a productive dialogue with members of the opposition and civil society, or they're going to continue to see um, increasingly organized resistance. By Organized by whom? So she's threatening Assad and saying, either you get on board with our program or you'll see more organized resistance. Now, you can think of it as protesters slash rebels, because they will go from protesters to rebels, just like Libya. Or you can think it's a threat, her saying, hey, you know what? If you don't get on board, we're going to have more of these organized guys we're going to send in. Uh, we, we regret the loss of life. and we re- We're so sorry that we killed some people. Regret the violence. Uh, but this, uh, this choice is up to the Syrian government. And... Uh, right now, uh, we're looking for action, not words, and we haven't seen uh, enough of that. 
So you know what I mean? If you listen to the way she says it, it's almost like oh, a yeah, threat. No, it's a threat. It's a threat. And now right? I'm, I'm beginning to think that you know when you started the show off, you read from this new document, and you know oh, the and the, uh, the ter- counterterrorism document. Yeah, and it yeah. seems uh, historically Syria and Libya, Libya to a lesser extent, although it got the bigger publicity for being a, a terrorist state. Syria was in major terrorist state. Yeah, Damascus, right? Uh, I remember growing up. It was and Damascus, they Damascus. Were, yeah, right. And they would just everyone had to leave Syria alone. Had to be hands off. You couldn't do what's going on now. You couldn't do it because you'd end up with a, you know, the Empire State Building and have a bomb in the basement. I mean, that's how these guys are all over the place. They were very dangerous. Now, what was Lucifer? But, Queen- well, let me let me just finish yes, this one please. little thought, which is that now that we've set up this anti-terrorist mechanism that is onerous. I mean, it's like you know anybody you know, looks cross-eyed at you. You know, they read Gitmo. I think we've we put ourselves in a position where we can now take on Syria and Libya without worrying about them threatening right. uh, U.S. interests. I think they're Lebanon between next. Iraq and a hard place. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Iraq and a hard place. So what was Lucifer Hillary Clinton doing in Lithuania? Hairdresser? No, no, Clothes? no, no, no. They don't do good hair there. I don't think so, yeah. Uh, from Bloomberg, I report Secretary of State Lucifer Hill. Oh, I'm sorry. I have the no agenda BS filter on. Uh, n- Secretary of State uh, Lucifer Hillary Clinton and U.S. companies, including Redmond, Washington based Microsoft Corp., are teaming up to teach activists how to protect themselves from official harassment as they use social media to organize protests. What? Quote. We have, we have to be willing to keep coming up with new ways of getting over, under, and around, and through the walls and other techniques that are used to prevent people from freely communicating, Clinton said yesterday at a training session in Vilnius, Lithuania, for about 80 activists. Clinton visited the training session, which her department calls Tech Camp, as part of a three-day trip to Hungary and Lithuania, where she attended a meeting of the Community of Democracies, a group of more than 100 nations that work to promote freedom. So we are training, training people. You get the 10 points for today's show with that find. Beauty. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's that's astonishing. French President Nicolas Sarkozy's technology advisor was there to coach participants. Wait a minute. The guys who are screwing over Libya? His technology advisor was there to coach participants, along with executives from San Francisco-based Twitter, Inc., and Palo Alto, California-based Facebook, Inc., Microsoft, and Luxembourg-based Skype Technologies, SA. This is a beautiful article. Thank you, Bloomberg. Unbelievable. Techno-experts being trained. Are we so stupid? Yeah, trained to cause trouble. Yeah. It's a cheap way of doing it. Yeah. You want to overturn a government? Hey, put these guys in. They work for free. Uh, meanwhile, we have the phony lesbian blogs, <laughs> the phony Twitter people. Hashtag, uh, hashtag pound with number sign. Hashtag number sign. Hey, you know what? They should train Jay Carney because he needs some Twitter training. Hashtag number sign. All right. Let me show you some MK Ultra. This is how, and then we should, we need to thank some more people. This is, um, let me get it all set up here. 
So did you know that there were 750,000 people on strike in Gitmo Nation East in the uh, kingdom of uh, Great Britain? Uh, actually, I did, but I, I saw no, almost no reports on, on Zero. It. You saw no, no reports anywhere, and we know why. Because it's one thing to see brown people in the sand shooting AKs into the air with a towel on their head. It's like, <laughs> I don't identify with that. But when you see white people walking on the street going like, stop screwing us because the Brits are now getting screwed with austerity measures. Uh, work longer, slave. Uh, and this, by the way, is government workers. It's the exact same thing as Greece. Exact same thing. Government workers, no pensions for you. Uh, less money for your pension, work longer, uh, take a pay cut, and shut up. And so here's this report. Uh, This is actually from Euronews. And interestingly enough, they include a quote from the BBC from uh, Miliband. Is it uh, David Miliband? uh, He's the opposition. He's with Labour. Yeah. And it's one quote. But then I find on BBC, I find the entire interview. This guy is, he doesn't blink. And he's he's MK Ultra. I'd sw- and he they, they well first let's, let's there's a a one minute clip of the protest and how the slaves are getting screwed. Sorry, uh, get one nation east slave. Sorry. London has filled with thousands of striking teachers and civil servants marching in protest at pension reforms. It's day one of a 48-hour strike that's closed or disrupted 85% of schools, emptied government offices, and caused travel delays at airports and ports. Government austerity policies have slashed jobs and wages. Now pensions are under attack, and that's a sacrifice too far for the strikers. There's a bit of anger in the sense that, you know, people that got us into this mess are are not suffering at all, and yet, you know, people who are are committed to to society and communities are. I I love this quote. Well, it's just a bit of anger. You know, it's not really quite nice at the moment. But uh, pretty soon I'll have to take my pitchfork and shut up your ass. The government says the strike is wrong, so does the Labour opposition. The biggest public sector union, Unison, is not taking part. It wants to see the outcome of negotiations, even if they are reportedly not going well. These strikes are wrong at a time when negotiations are still going on. But parents and the public have been let down by both sides because the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner. After today's disruption, I urge both sides to put aside the rhetoric, get round the negotiating table and stop it happening again. This strike involves about one in eight public sector workers, but other unions are preparing strike plans should talks break down. The government may face a testing summer of industrial action. So you heard uh, Miliband there, right? And he said, here's here's his message. The strikes are wrong. Uh, people need to come to the table and negotiate, right? So now this quote, I, I'm not sure if there's a deal between the BBC and Euronews, but it was from this BBC interview, and I want you, and it's two and a half minutes, but it's worth it. If you stick with it, you just go, oh my God, this guy is a robot. MK Ultra controlled slave, non-blinking robot. The interviewer asks him four questions. His answer consistently remains the same. These strikes are wrong at a time when negotiations are still going on. But parents and the public have been let down by both sides because the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner. After today's disruption, I urge both sides to put aside the rhetoric, get round the negotiating table and stop it happening again. Um, I listened to your speech in Wrexham. You talked about the Labour Party being a movement. A lot of people in that movement... 
uh, of the people who are on strike today and they'll be looking at you and thinking, well, you're describing these strikes as wrong. Why aren't you giving us more leadership as a leader of the labour movement? At a time when negotiations are still going on, I do believe these strikes are wrong. And that's why I say both sides should, after today's disruption, get round the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric and sort the problem out. Because the public and parents have been let down by both sides. The government's acted in a reckless and provocative manner. Well, I spoke to Francis Moore before I came here and the tone he was striking was a very conciliatory one. Do you think there's a difference between the words they're saying in public and the attitude they're striking in private in these negotiations? Are there negotiations in good faith, would you say? What I say is that the strikes are wrong when negotiations are still going on, but the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner in the way it's gone about these issues. After today's disruption, I urge both sides to get around the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric, and stop this kind of thing happening again. So this guy has now asked three times. This is the exact same answer. Wait, what, let's do it one more time. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a statement you've made uh, publicly, and you'll make to me, and this will be broadcast, obviously, but have you spoken privately to any uh, union leaders and, and expressed your view to them on a personal level, would you say? Well, what I say in public and in private to everybody involved in this is get round the negotiating table, put aside the rhetoric and stop this kind of action happening again. These strikes are wrong because <laughs> negotiations are still going on, but parents and the public have been let down by the government as well, who've acted in a reckless and provocative manner. Wait a minute. Let's try the personal angle. Maybe we can get something out of it. Maybe we well, can... here's a couple of interesting things. One, it seems like he's got about six clauses that he jumbles. He moves the first part to part two, and then he, but it's the same exact words. And it's like the same exact, you know, if you take the first speech and you chop it up and then you move part one to <laughs> yeah. over to part three and then move part four to the beginning. And then you kind of can restructure the, the answer. But it's the same exact words and the exa- exact answer. Why doesn't the interviewer call him out? Well, well wait a minute. He, he has a new angle. I'm going to try the personal approach. Maybe I can get something yes, new. Why does he give? He should have given up and said, "Hey, look, you have said the exact same thing three <laughs> times in a row. I'm asking you a direct question. I don't want to hear that these strikes are wrong and the people should get around the table and whatever those other four are." This interviewer is terrible. He's not jumping on this guy for not saying anything except this one rote. This is this guy's this Miliband guy is bad. He's um, a bad you're person. Parent, I'm a parent. A lot of people watching this will be parents. Um, has it affected you personally, this action? Has it affected your family, your friends? I mean, and, and what is the net effect of that going to be on, on parents having to take it off? Well, uh, this is great. I mean, let me try the personal angle. Has it affected you as a parent because you've got kids and, you know, the school teachers are striking? What do you have to say about that, David Miliband? I think parents up and down the country have been affected by this action. Uh, and it's wrong <laughs> at the time when negotiations are still going on. <laughs> Parents have been let down by both sides because the government has acted in a reckless and provocative manner. I think that both sides should, after today's disruption, get around the negotiating <sighs> table, put aside the rhetoric, and stop this kind of thing happening again. Please take a look at this clip in the show notes, 318.nashownotes.com. You what have a douchebag. Give him a douchebag, will you? Douchebag. You have to look at this clip because he doesn't blink. He just said, uh, it's wrong, and both sides have to come to the negotiating table. Reckless and provocative. It's wrong. Striking now is wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's all wrong. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda.
We have a few donors we want to mention uh, for this week's or for this day's episode, uh, the 3rd of July. Thomas Hagen in Irvine, California, $73.10. I want to wish my wife, Amy Hagen, a happy first anniversary. We got married one year ago today on 7310 in the morning. Yeah, hey, very nice. Let's give him a little... Uh, in the morning. Very nice. Congratulations there. to you two. Michael Ur- Ursini in Essex Junction, Vermont. In the morning, John and Adam, here's a long overdue donation on behalf of my dad's Bob Ursini's birthday on the 5th. Uh, he propagated the formula months ago to me and I have decided to donate on his behalf. So if you would be so kind, give him a de-douching karma double shot. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. My 11-year-old sister apparently is also a fan of the show. Huh. <laughs> I would love to hear the bio, and she'd love to hear the biodiversity jingle if you get the chance. Thanks for the awesome show, Mike. 68. You should be able to take that clip and play it all day. Uh, Gregory, <laughs> Gregory Schoen uh, from Green Bay, Wisconsin, double nickels on the dime. Tracy Lip, double nickels on the dime. Brian Kroll, Barrington, Illinois, $50. John and Adam want to give this donation in honor of my friend Andrew Bump. His birthday is his 4th of July weekend. I think he could also use some karma. Uh, yes, we can do that. You've got karma. Christian uh, Gediga uh, from Bielfeld, Deutschland. In the morning, John and Adam. Here's another $50 so Adam can buy himself a new box of Soma. <laughs> and by the way, I, I got uh, I got lasered. The doc- got lasered. The doc lasered my back. What do you mean, lasered it? Yeah, I don't know. It's like first he cracked me, and then uh, he and then he put the stim on. You ever had the stim? It's like they no. shoot electricity through your back. No. And then it sounds, uh, it sounds like a quack. That's what I keep telling Mickey, but she won't buy. <laughs> She's like, no, you got to see this guy. He's great. And then he's got a laser, and then he. Well, oh, uh, did it did it solve the problem? Mm, I think the icing is what's helping. Icing and then uh, so 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. What about the Soma? You're still taking it? No, 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 no. No. Meanwhile, I'd like to ask for a karma shot for my friend Stefan and Nadine, or Nadine, who are getting married on July 19th. Thanks a lot. Love the show with or without the drugs. Yeah. Christian. <laughs> Get it. You've got karma. I don't know. I, th- I think the show where I was drugged was pretty good. Yeah, it was. Christopher Lawton, I think so, too. The Dartmouth, Massachusetts, uh, $50. Crafty Man, eight. Uh, Alan Bean, who has a check. We, Alan, I found one of the checks. I don't know which was ready to be deposited. I don't deposit checks about except once a month. And uh, the other, there is one missing check, though. So uh, give me another 30 days, and if it doesn't show up, uh, put a stop on it. Jamie uh, Solve, uh, this, I, I can't read this because my... Uh, font set has got his name as S-O-L. I have the same. Uh, I have the same. I have Solveriera, maybe? It's obviously a bunch of uh, Spanish stuff. What is Buzzkill Jr. using? Is he using he's like probably a... probably using a, a bigger font set, and it's, he's got the right... It's probably This is probably the right way, except we don't have the right fonts. Yeah. So maybe Buzzkill can send us a, a something. Buzzkill Jr. can send us something. But anyway, Jamie in uh, San Fernando... Jaime. It's probably Jaime. Jaime, Jaime, it could be Jaime. He's in Spain. We need some more Spanish listeners. Um, I think. Oh, no, this is actually anyway. a, this is actually a PayPal problem. Buzzkill Junior says. 
Ah, uh, PayPal the, doesn't like Spanish. Oh, right. This, this PayPal hates the Spanish. <laughs> uh, in the morning, get a job. got a job back in Madrid, and who better to share the joy with than my brother John and brother Adam? Thanks for largely ignoring the overhyped and irrelevant Castanet demonstrations. Now Gitmo Castanet, Castanet sorry, is entering an in- interestingly tense period with the elections in a few months, but I doubt our curse will be of any interest to the show producers. I'm not so sure. Jaime Solis Riera. Got it. Good. At jamesfreehollowbooks.com, uh, salutes Keith McBride in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, supporting the show by buying one of our No Hollow and uh, No Agenda Hollow books. By the way, these Hollow books are fantastic. Uh, and he would like you to play In the Morning in Chinese. Oh, oh. Paul Alvis in Toronto, Ontario, $50 donation edition of the podcast license. Please, can you give us some karma for our paulthebookguy.com podcast? You've got karma. PaulTheBookGuy.com is about books, audio books, audio dramas, and other podcasts. Yeah, he has the the One Day in Gitmo Nation, and that's going to be a multi-part audio series on the No Agenda stream. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm almost halfway to knighthood and need one of those groovy rings so I can hit people in the mouth. And finally, Robin Dearden in Hoboken, Hoboken. New Jersey with $50. And we want to thank these folks and everybody in between. Also, we do have – did you get the extra birthday uh, for the one common donor that's been sending us money all along? He needs a birthday call out. It's in your email. Uh, no. No. Okay. I, I mean, that's – the way we are supposed to do this is you send it to Buzzkill Jr. and He then, did, and he sent it to us. It says, no agenda, 318 optional IRC birthday. He put it optional? in as a question to us whether we should add him. I and did not. Per- was that in the email? Yeah, it's in an email. With the, the, the <sighs> title is NA318 optional IRC birthday. Hmm. Anyway, it's Jeremy Bray. Just add him to the list. He's also PC Nerd Thanks. 37. Turns oh, 25. PC Nerd. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Bray, PC Nerd 37. Okay. Got it. Uh, and I want to remind people to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com. Uh, uh, no There's also a store there. You should check that out. And you can find uh, links to the donation button. Also, the direct link would be Dvorak.org slash NA, or as the jingle would have it, Dvorak.org slash NA. And we want to thank everybody. Thank you. I was, there was a, I think I thought I had a... Uh clip here somewhere that was going to be relevant to our donation segment, but I don't think I can find it. Crap. Uh, sorry about that. Um, well, anyway. is relevant on Thursday. Yes, uh, relevant on Thursday. And uh, as John just said, uh, this program does not take money from corporations. Uh, we have no advertisers or underwriters or sponsors, whatever you want to call it, like our, our NPR, our National Treasure. PBS breaking every 15 minutes now. Uh, therefore, we can uh, say uh, whatever we want. We can call out whoever we want as a dick. Not a problem. Uh, and Nobody's uh, going to be on the phone telling us to apologize profusely nope. for what we said because it was so mean. I mean, we will apologize to, uh, on situations that we deem necessary or apologies is warranted. But we don't do it because somebody calls us and says you'll be fired if you don't apologize. And then they fire you anyway. <laughs> exactly. Like that douche from uh, Time. Yeah, 
Totally. Right. The right. guy should have stood up for himself. Nah, he's a wussy, weenie boy. A little pit pussy is what he is. We'd also like to say thank you to all of the artists who always uh, provide their undying support with the uh, No Agenda Show album art. Uh, sometimes it's just so much we have to keep stuff as evergreens. And also your CSS designs are highly appreciated. And now we say happy birthday to Bob Ursini. Uh, his uh, birthday is on the 5th. Uh, happy birthday from uh, your son, Michael. And Brian Crawl says happy birthday to his friend Andrew Bump. Uh, he will be uh, celebrating his birthday tomorrow. And as we just discussed, Jeremy Bray, PC Nerd 37. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And we're very happy uh, that we can uh, uh, pull out the blades once again. John, if you uh, happen to have your... Uh, 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 there you uh. go. James Briscoe, please step forward. Extend your ring finger. Not that one. Yes, that one. Due to your support to the No Agenda Podcast Show and extend uh, in the amount of at least $1,000, we are very proud to welcome you to a select group of uh, producers. You can now proudly call yourself Sir James Briscoe, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, and you get the white gold ring filled with tungsten to hit him in the mouth and leave a lasting impression. Please join us. Have some hookers and blow, Chardonnay and Rent Boys, whatever you choose. And I got a brand new picture at rings.nashownotes.com that looks really beautiful. These rings are so nice. And uh, and it lasts. And my finger is not turning black or anything like that. <laughs> I was worried about that. You know, it's like, you know, that can happen sometimes with inferior yeah, on products. Yeah, rings, it's a real yeah. problem. Yeah, but this is, it's a good product. And Mickey keeps wearing her. She actually likes it as a style statement. And that's uh, saying a lot. You know, it's an she, interesting idea. Well, well she, maybe, it's, maybe it's more appropriate for women. Interesting. As a style statement. Well, she, she's wearing it as a style statement. Women are statement, wearing big watches you. now, too. Have you noticed this? Big oh, well, that's watches. what Lucifer's wearing, the big men's Rolex. Have you seen that? Yeah. She yeah, got like the clunker. big, yeah, the big one. Yeah, that's, that's a, I think that's the $20,000 Rolex. I feel so sorry for her. Rolex. I want to mention something uh, based on, on the payments thing. There's a number of, of our of our donors, uh, producers, listeners who have, and I think most banks will do this, have gone to the bank and they've set up a payment program so they don't go through PayPal. Uh-huh. And we get these these automatic checks. They're, they're Bank of America does a bill processing payment center in Sioux Falls sends these checks out. Hmm. And you get this check from the bank. uh PayElectronic.com is another thing that this apparently does this. And so when I go to the box, there's a bunch, and they're for, I'm telling you, I get one from Michigan that's $5. Like, I think it costs more to mail the check, but it's uh, from the credit union. Hmm. And it comes routinely once a month. It shows up, and it, it makes it very easy for people so they don't have to deal with you know PayPal or having to, you know, feeling obliged to, right. to write a check and mail it themselves. It's all done by the bank. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, check with your bank to see if this is doable. Well, any way you can support us, it's uh, it's really appreciated. And I want to say a big shout-out to Alexandra, who has been just on fire creating uh, CSS templates, and hopefully he or someone else can fix the podcast licenses because uh, uh, I, I hate that people have their license and it just doesn't look right. You know, It's, it's got to be official with our signature and everything, and somehow I screwed that up. Uh, well, hey, John, you know, I think it's time once again. John's going to hum the Sunday time. 
That's right, everybody. On Sunday, John hums the Sunday Times as he uh, deconstructs uh, the paper of record of the United States of Gitmo Nation. I have it right here, as you can and hear. He's got the paper, and he's going uh, to tell I just you. Like to look at the front page because there's a new meme afoot. Oh. And I've noticed this, there's a huge, huge pieces in the front page of the New York Times, and it carries inside and inside on page 12. Page 12 and 13 are complete. The entire page is filled with this particular story. And we, I think we touched on this in a, sh- a show or two ago, and I've realized that this is a major meme. The New York Times is, is not triggering it. It's being triggered by someone else, but it is the following. I just read the headline. The top this, it's a head and a subhead. Mixing guns and mental illness. Oh, Jared Loeffner uh, throwback. Very nice. And as more states restore rights, processes often haphazard. And they show up the inside spread on page 12. It shows all these insane, you know, kind of, they're not like drooling insane types. They just look like people that are slightly about to kill you. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm going to the online version. I want to see if they have the same picture. Was they just, got a bunch of these people. I and see this guy just, in the car. Yeah, the guy in the car, but it's the, it's the headshots. Joshua St. Clair uh, just had his gun rights restored after a oh, hearing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he looks like Loeffner with the shaven head. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So we have this uh, kind of, so this meme, and by, so I was thinking about this this new meme about, oh, we shouldn't, we got to have gu- more gun control because nutballs are, by-. so here's the here's the interesting one. That uh, this story crops up and it gets played big, and you've heard it, I've heard it. I didn't think about it as part of this structure, but I now realize that it is. John Lennon was a closet Reaganite. Yeah, I saw this. John Lennon was a closet Reaganite. What is? It? Who killed John Lennon? A mentally ill person. Nut nutball. Nut so you right wingers who don't have uh, any, you know, you've got the same rationale as us right. left wingers. To do something about nutballs because you're because John Lennon, you know, you liked him. He was a Reaganite and he was killed by a mentally ill person. We've got to do something about it. That the John Lennon story is right in the in the wheelhouse for this. I'll kick it up one notch. I'll kick it up one notch. So what you're saying is uh, all of the right wing nut jobs who love our Second Amendment and want everyone to continue to have the right to bear arms. They are now being threatened by the left-wing nut jobs uh, who are saying, hey, uh, John Lennon was a right-wing nut job and he got killed by a crazy guy with a gun, right? Yeah. Kick it up one notch. Hey, we're going to kill you. That's what I think they're saying. <laughs> hey, I'm going to shoot you. All right. It's possible. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's just like, let's just cut to the chase. We're going to shoot you. Because we're crazy. <laughs> we're all, they're all crazy. They're all nuts. So, uh, so we just this is just another. We talk about this every so often. It is tack on the Second Amendment because we really don't want to arm our own public. Uh, even though, I don't know. I mean, in the, if you go back at just about a hundred years, these guys, you could have a cannon. And I, you know, re, and of course, law enforcement would back off back then. Hey, now they would come in with a SWAT team and kill you anyway, so that you can't even be armed enough. Interesting comment from uh, the chat room. John Lennon was killed in 1980. That was before Reagan was inaugurated. Was John Lennon killed in 1980? So this whole, I never even thought of that, that angle. Let me just check. So the whole thing, (laughs) the Reaganite (laughs) thing was just bull crap? Let me see. Let me, let me, you know, well, there's only one thing we can do. Consult the book of knowledge. Yeah, December 8th, 1980. 
my God. BNT, good call. Wow, we should have caught that one ourselves. I feel bad. Yeah, well, I was uh, 12. So <laughs> you should have caught it. I mean, you're the one. I mean, I, I, well, I know, but I don't remember when John Lennon was so killed. Wait, so wait a minute. This is crazy. I'm a Reaganite. That's what I like. <laughs> when was Reagan inaugurated? Wasn't it in 84? 81. 81? So yeah, he was a Reaganite. That's crazy. Who was president before? Uh, Carter. Wow. So, so back to my theory, we're going to kill you. That's what it is. Like, here's this bogus story about him being a Reaganite. Wow, who wrote that? Was it the New York Times who wrote that as well? It was all over the place. It was I a know. major meme. I know, but was it the New York Times who wrote it? I don't know if it was. This, is, look this is interesting. Oh, I like this. Oh, my God. Do we have the best audience or what? No, that's what we do. We have a we have a conversation with our audience. Yeah. On the Twitter. We don't ignore these. You know, it's just... Uh, Anyway, so that's kind of – anyway, back to the New York Times front page, just to read off a few other things going on. Uh, they have the uh, crumbled case adds to doubts on prosecutor. This is the – they're going after Cyrus Vance at the New York Times, so they're be, kind of behind the attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, By the way, uh, can I just interrupt your flow for a second? Yeah. I, I think I found the true reason behind this whole, uh, whole Dominique Strauss-Kahn IMF thing. All right. I mean, what? Whenever we have news, what is it usually to do? Cover up something else. No. Well, that and promote what? promote a new movie. Oh yeah, there's always a new movie. Well, here it is. An hour ago, a bomb blew up the Kremlin. The president has initiated ghost protocol. The entire IMF has been disavowed. <laughs> now I've been ordered to take you to Washington where they will hang the Kremlin bombing on you and your team. Unless you were to escape after assaulting Brandt and me. But if any one of your team is caught, they will be branded terrorists out to incite global nuclear war. There you go. That's Tom Cruise, the new Mission Impossible movie. The IMF is responsible for blowing up the Kremlin. So, uh, congratulate Tom. Good catch. G- Tom, good work. It's just like this show that we do. It, it we just it's just, it's it's a ridiculous show that this stuff just keeps coming up over and over again. It's unbelievable. That's a that's going to be probably a good movie. Yeah, it's going to be a hit. Of course, they've got it all set up. IMF. Yeah, I heard about that. So, I, when there's something with the IMF, yeah, let's go to that new Tom Cruise movie. Cool. So uh, nothing else really. The, you, you, taking lead, Iraqis. Oh, this is a good one. This is the only other good front page story. The rest of, the rest of them are kind of fluffy, but the uh, this is a good one because <laughs> we've heard this meme creeping up on us. Uh, I think we played some clips from the last couple of shows. And but here's the headline: Taking lead, the Iraqis hope U.S. commandos stay. <laughs> oh, please stay! Please stay! Don't leave us. Halliburton, Blackwater, please don't leave. That's great. All right, that's I'm closing the paper. Uh John's gonna hung the Sunday stars. Ah, yes, John. Well, uh, hate to throw it at you, but I got some actual video now from the WM Keck Observatory. A stargate has opened up over the Hawaiian Islands. And you can see it on the video. And you know what's going to come out? 
<laughs> fish? Fish. No, it's in the sky. This is not in the water oh, like the Gulf of Aden. Release some uh, CO2. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of... Uh, you can see that video. I got it in the show notes, 318.nashownotes.com. Very interesting. Well, there's another meme going around, which I've noticed. And mm-hmm. I, there was an article in the Times the other day. And by the way, it's the Saturday Times that seems to have the most of the hidden messages. And I think that's why my paper was stolen a couple of weeks ago, because there's something they didn't want me to know about. I'll just play a little of that game for a minute. Okay. Anyway, uh, they, there's a bunch of these... Uh, Stories about how airplanes are punching holes. Oh, yeah, and it's causing it to snow. It's causing it to snow, and it's creating these weird anomalies in the sky. Hey, wait a minute. No. These airplanes have been around for a while. (laughs) Why is it just happening now? Because they are trying to cover up the harp uh, waves that are actually creating these holes. It's, it's like, and wasn't it like popular science or something who came out with it? Oh, yeah. Look, I've been flying. I've flown jets. I've flown uh, props. I've flown turbo props. I've fl- you know, first of all, you don't fly like vertically. You're like, pow. I just like popped up like I'm going like a rocket to create this hole. And then it starts snowing. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. This is the biggest lie. Airmen around the world are guffawing at this. Like, Really? That that's what that's what makes it snow. No, it's cover up. It's cover up of harp. All right. So what's the deal with the with the Stargate? Oh, you can see it on the video from the. It's like this big circle and just whoosh, it expands. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, it's in the show notes. And what's the point of it? For the fish. Okay. I, well, I can see that we need more fish. We need more fish. Tuna. So if you are a greenie in Germany. And, uh, you know, and of course, uh, we're against all things oil. How do you bring the message home? How do you really say, you know, we've got to stop our obsession with oil? What is the one thing you could think of that would really get people's attention? Bono? Close. Sexual health as a consumer protection issue. Many dildos and other sex toys like vibrators and anal plugs contain high levels of phthalates. Phthalates. Yeah. And other carcinogenic substances and toxic materials, according to Der Spiegel. So the government... Please. (laughs) Yeah. How how do you pronounce it? Phthalates? Phthalates. Phthalates are a class of plasticizers. Substances are added to plastic to increase its flexibility and durability. But some of these substances were suspected of causing disturbances to hormone balances. Yeah. Like, apparently, if you if you put a butt plug in your uh, rectum, you become bicurious. Is that what you're doing? Also, it's linked to infertility, diabetes, and obesity. Oh, please. Hey, honey, get that out of there. I, I don't want to be fat. The Green Ministers of Parliament said in their I written... I suppose if you leave it in there and never take a crap, you'll probably gain weight. <laughs> this is crazy. What are you going to dildos made of wood? With this, this the, the Green crap. Party. The Green Party's... They're, no wonder they don't, they're, they're <laughs> considered lunatics. I just want to see the PR company who came up with this one. Hello? Hello? We have a very good idea for the yeah, Green Party. Low budget PR company. <laughs> Look, we don't have a big budget, but we think we can get a lot of traction if we tell people that their dildos are causing them diabetes. Great idea, France. This is very good. Let us call the Spiegel and get an article. Crazy, huh? 
That's a good one. That's a great catch. I want to say hi to uh, Daniel Wheaton. Now, Daniel, of course, is... Uh, remember the kid who did the uh, the essay? And uh, with all the no agenda memes. With all the memes in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he has been uh, accepted uh, to a number of universities, including the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And he received a uh, an email that I would like to sh- that he shared with us, and I would like to share with our listeners. <sighs> Congratulations, Daniel, on your acceptance to University of Nebraska Lincoln. As you begin your academic career, we at the Great Plains National Security Education Consortium would like to encourage you to start thinking about a professional career in intelligence after you graduate. By intelligence, we mean collecting, analyzing, and presenting critical national security information to the president and other parts of the executive branch and military. Sixteen government agencies provide such intelligence, and they employ thousands of people in some of the most interesting and important jobs you can imagine. The University of Nebraska-Lincoln has a special program that finds high-achieving students like you, Daniel, and helps prepare them for a career of public service in the intelligence community. And it just goes on from there. They're recruiting kids as they're... So the college is selling their their freshman uh, acceptance... uh, uh, Hello, everybody. Selling their freshman the, list. What you're saying is the, Nebraska, the University of Nebraska and other schools, let's be clear, are selling the information to our government uh, intelligence agencies. And here's the here's our here's the here's some profiles of some kids you might be interested in. Yeah, and of course, and, and I told the I said Daniel, go for it. You got to enroll oh, in yeah. this class. I, I know. Would. I, I, I would too. I know he's going to do it. It's just un- why not. Yeah, no, no, it'll be great. The Intelligence Community Scholar Program, a special career mentoring opportunity that helps you focus your academics on national security and intelligence, introduces you to the and intelligence. If they do their job right, he'll now he'll then become a mole spying on us. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I just got to give you, an, yeah. I just got to give you a little injection, kid. That this won't hurt. So the douchebag who sent that email is Mark Warburton, Warburton, uh, from the University of Nebraska Lincoln, Great Plains National Security Education Consortium. I find that huh. uh, I find that pretty disturbing that we're doing that. Um, well, let's, uh, my favorite uh, portion is usually uh, of the show is often uh, exposing the uh, pharmaceutical uh, companies. And uh, what have we been saying uh, continuously about what is the biggest problem they have is that all their patents are expiring. Uh, that's why they're coming up with new great bonanza revenue streams such as vaccines, which aren't really vaccines that you don't really need because you're not sick, but you won't get addicted to smoking or something like that. And this is a billion, multi-billion dollar bonanza. However... Uh, right, and they're and they're because of the government, our great government, they, they've made it so these people are not subject to being sued if these vaccines kill you. So CBS has a a story, and uh, it's kind of interesting because they focus on how evil the pharmaceutical companies are, but really it's Congress who are just kowtowing to one company. But they kind of go past the fact of what's really happening. That's an interesting clip. The amendment is adopted. 
Before leaving town for 10 days last week, the House of Representatives found time to pass an amendment designed to help a single drug company. It enjoys broad bipartisan support. The amendment ensures that the medicines company of Parsippany, New Jersey, keeps control of the patent for its blood-thinning drug Angiomax, fending off competition from generic drugs at a potential profit of up to a billion dollars. This is a special fix for one company. Special fixes are par for the course in Congress, which gave breaks to NASCAR track owners and rum distillers in the most recent tax bill. But the CBS News poll shows that's exactly what Americans have come to expect, with a full three-quarters of respondents saying large corporations have too much influence in American politics. I think that's pretty healthy. The findings didn't trouble Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. If you're looking for times when Americans were in love with uh, Congress, they're few and far between. Ryan Alexander runs Taxpayers for Common Sense, a government watchdog. What? So he, that was his, that's his defense? Hey, they don't like us anyway, so fuck them. It's a hit piece on uh, Republicans, is what this is. And uh, the, the, whole, the whole thing is, what, what is not being discussed here is the fact that Congress is now passing laws to extend patents for drugs that should be uh, going into the generic status. That's really what's happening right. here. That's the story. Yeah, but they don't really expose that part. This is just to like get you comfortable with the idea that it's happening, but let's blame someone else. Well, blame the Republicans. Yeah, why not? I want to thank uh, producer Patrick Roddy, who did a great job on... Uh, so he uh, picked up this article uh, from the... Oh, you're going to hate these guys. It's uh, the New Scientist. Well, how do you regard NewScientist.com? I've, uh, when I was in college, I, I used to love the magazine. It tends to be uh, a little sensational, and, uh, and it has political agenda, which changes over the years, so you never know where they're coming from at any given point in their history. So they have a, a piece um, written by Dominic Dyer. And here's what he says. The recent fatal E. coli outbreak centered on Germany has focused attention on the validity of claims that organic food is healthier and safer. The outbreak has been traced to bean sprouts grown on an organic farm in Bienenbüttel, northern Germany. As new scientists went to press, 35 people had died in the outbreak and thousands uh, more were made ill. As a result, concern is growing over standards of microbiological food safety. And he goes on to say that what we really should do is irradiate organic food just to make sure it's safe. So who is Dominic Dyer that writes this in the New Scientist? He is the uh, CEO of the Crop Protection Association. Who is uh, a member of the Crop Protection Association? I don't even answer it. BASF, Bayer Crop Science, Bayer Garden, Belkin Crop Protection, Certis Europe, Duff Portland, Dow Chemical, DuPont UK, Fine Agrochemicals, Heatland, and of course, our friends, you got it. All those companies are interested in the betterment of our health. And a new scientist is allowing this douchebag to say organic farming must ditch its irrational mistrust of science... Or risk losing its reputation. There's no mistrust of science. This is the same thing that the global warmists were kept pushing. Oh, these people there. You you don't you don't believe in global warming. You you don't believe in evolution. 
I mean, it's bull crap. I mean, this is the, the, the to paint, the, the, use the broad brush to paint people with this sort of uh, scandalous, um, I don't know, moniker or whatever you want to call it, I, advertising. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's annoying. Well, it's beyond annoying. It's exactly what we predicted would happen. Is they're taking this to say, and and it's still the the science is not exactly still in. If this really, I mean, there's now it's cropping up in Egypt. It was you know from Egypt. It's like it's it, it could be a complete lie. We know it was uh, manufactured this E. coli, and now it's being used by new scientists, propagated by new scientists, and uh, this uh, fine organization. Uh, what they called again? Got to look out for these guys. The Crop Protection Association being used to, hey, uh, to got the Crop Protection Association <laughs> coming over. Okay, the Crop Protection. Hey, we got a little bit of we got uh, to protect you. Want your crop protected? We got to talk some stuff uh, here. You know, um, Title eighteen, subsection six oh seven of U.S. law, law of the land. John, are you familiar with that? Of course not. Why not? You should know this. I'll tell you, President Obama is no excuse. President Obama is also not familiar with this. Title 18, subsection 607 states, it is unlawful for the president to, quote, solicit or receive a donation of money or other thing of value in connection with a federal, state, or local election while in any room or building occupied in the discharge of official duties. That means that this video, where he invites you to participate in his sweepstakes... Uh, which was shot in the White House, is uh, breaking the law. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. I've got a pretty big announcement about that contest the campaign is running where you can join me for dinner. We're sitting another place at the table for Joe Biden. He wants to join us. So this isn't so much dinner with Barack anymore as it is dinner with Barack and Joe. And to use one of his favorite expressions, that's a big deal. (laughs) We're both really looking forward to it. Hope to see you soon. I think he said that's a big fucking deal. Anyway, so he records this in the White House and therefore breaks the law. Yeah, that's against the law. Yeah. So who's going to prosecute this this offense? Uh, Cyrus Vance, <laughs> Jr. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's going to say anything. No. But, uh, you know. Would they? What difference does it make? We might as well just admit it. We're heading toward a, a monarchy. And uh, <laughs> I intend to spend the next couple of years proving it. Really? Uh, I do want to play one clip. Please. That relates back to our EU, uh, Germany, France, kind of. There's a guy that, that showed up on uh, Charlie Rose. Oh, you mean uh, this guy? Tell me about the sexuality. It's in your DNA. <sighs> that guy, that guy. Yeah, tell me about your sexuality. The guy's name is Timothy Gorton Ash. He's British. And he has a book out called Facts of Subversive. And he has a very good take on the EU and where it's headed, and then he also mentions France. It's just, it's a little long, the clip's I think a minute and a half, two minutes, but it's, it really gives a good background for people to understand what, you know, why the EU's falling apart and why it's going to continue to fall apart. Because Germany essentially will not, you know, Germany always always wanted to take over Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And now they actually have the opportunity to do it. <laughs> yeah. but, but they realize it's going to cost them too much money. And you well, know, unless, unless they kill everyone with E. coli, or they can kill everyone with E. coli, or, or enslave them and make them work for nothing, which is what they'd rather do because that seems to be more of the style. And so they're sent, so his thesis is they're kind of blowing it because they just really don't want to deal anymore with the uh, 
with the problems. And it, 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 he doesn't say that the end is near, but I think, well, we on our show here say the end is near, but it's near is relative. So let's see what he has to say. Union. Basically, the markets are not convinced that Germany is prepared to save this thing. Germany is the key to the whole thing. It is Germany's economics. Uh, it's Europe's economic superpower. It's uh, Europe's central power. And they are not convinced that Germany is prepared to do what it takes to save it. If you had Germany and the European Central Bank together saying, this is what we're going to do, whatever it is in technical terms, this is about, about perceptions, about, so to speak, economic shock and all, then you would have saved it. Where do you think Angela Merkel is on this today? She is also, in many ways, the key person with the key to this crisis. Um, she has been a brilliant party politician. She's magnificent at winning elections. But in this crisis, she's been following German public opinion rather than leading it. And German public opinion says, we have been bankrolling the European Union for far too long. We are not going to bail yeah. out these indigent Greeks. We're not going to work till age 70 so the Greeks can retire at 58. Uh, what role does Sarkozy play? Well, it's very interesting because, you know... Um, quite apart from the entertainment value, which <laughs> he always has. Because, as you know, historically in the European project, there was the German engine and the French driver. Right. And what's happened now is that the German engine has, so to speak, got up into the driver's seat. And actually, Sarkozy and the French are running along behind, trying to keep the show on the road and trying to influence it. Yeah, he does provide entertainment value. Yeah, he does. By the way, do you hear that, John? That's the last donation we're getting from Gitmo Nation Deutschland after that. <laughs> That's a penny. I think our, the listeners from Gitmo Nation Deutschland, are, they know that we're, uh, they know what's going on. Yeah. Our donors from Deutschland are, are, are they, they're probably aware more than we are of what the problem is over there. And it's, I don't think they're voting for Merkel. Did you see what happened to Sarkozy? He got grabbed. Pretty, yeah, I pretty, know. It's a big deal. Yeah. Well, did you see the video? I mean, it's... Uh, no, know. I did not see the video. Yeah, like you see this hand come out of the rope line and like grab the guy and just pull him over. And then, it's funny because uh, his uh, his security, uh, you know, Squirrel! it's not at all like uh, our president's security. That guy would have been dead. And he oh, was yeah, like, he'd been he shot a in the head. Bunch of guys well, I mean, the same jumping thing happened around. to, to uh, what's his name over in Italy? Yeah they, they threw, yeah, they threw a statue at his head. Oh, yeah. crap, that hurt. Bloody and everything. are in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel bad. But, you know, it's not like we're not in trouble. No, we're in trouble too, but. Yeah. Hey, um, so the TSA hit back blogger Bob. <laughs> Did you see that? No. <sighs> TSA cancer cluster mythbuster. Oh, <laughs> and and uh, fact. Wait, wait. Myth, myth. There was a TSA employee cancer cluster at the Boston Logan International Airport related to the back scatter body scanners. Fact. There is no relationship between any cancer diagnosis in Boston and the and the technology in the airport. 
In fact, there were no body scanners at Boston Airport when the complaints were filed. Thank you, Blogger Bob. Common questions. <coughs> Why aren't your officers permitted to wear dosimeters? <coughs> well, there's a really good reason for this, says Blogger Bob. The emissions from our x-ray technology are well below the requirements that will require their routine usage. To help reassure passengers and employees that the technology is safe, however, health physicists with the U.S. Army have been conducting area dosimeter surveys at multiple airports nationwide. I feel safe now. So what he's saying is, so as not to worry the human resources being uh, radiated, like organic bean sprouts, that's why they can't wear dosimeters. How does that sound? The logic is odd. <laughs> yeah, blogger Bob. Well, at least he's got a job. Yeah. Uh, three more quick stories. Uh, two more, actually. Uh, so, um, uh, that uh, Monaco guy got married. Prince, uh, what's his name? I don't know. And uh, it was kind of weird. You know, there have been so many stories about him. Prince Albert. In a can? Eh, <laughs> eh, uh, so the woman, uh, Charlene, uh, tried to run away, and uh, they stopped her at Nice Airport, confiscated her passport, and said, get back here. <laughs> like Katie Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. But, you know, th- there's been supermodels who have who are completely messed up, and you know, they say, you know, they, they use me as a sex slave. That whole Monaco thing, stay away from it. It's bad news over there. But it's so funny. It's like... Yeah, she tried to run away, and then uh, the French press is saying, uh, they stopped at the airport, took away her passport, said, get back there! You will marry the prince? And, really? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> a wild story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me see if there's anything. Well, of course, there's, all, there's all kinds of weird stuff about, uh, he has illegitimate children. You know, there's all kind. the whole family, of course, is messed up. And uh, it was the uh, Karen Mulder, who's... Uh, She's actually reached out to me. She sent me an email, but I, I didn't reply because I felt very uncomfortable. Uh, she went on television uh, when she was uh, in her early 30s. She claimed that she and other girls had been used as sex slaves uh, by senior figures <clears throat> in the police and French government, particularly in Monaco. She told uh, the host of Tout le monde a parlé, Thierry Ardisson, various people, including top executives at her former agency, elite models, and Prince Albert of Monaco had tried to rape her. And, of course, you know, people went, now you're just crazy. Shut up. You're dumb. You're nuts. Uh, Never taken seriously. And she actually, when we started the show a couple years ago, she reached out to me and said, this show is perfect to expose this. And I'm like, I don't want to get killed. (laughs) It's a perfect thing to get killed over. Yeah, I'm okay. You know, I I don't mind reading reports uh, from the news, but I don't want to get killed. And uh, this thing kind of slipped through. Um, Google Voice Search is now on your... Have you noticed this? This is not good. What, that Google Voice Search doesn't work or what? No, if if you go to Google.com, uh, it now has a little microphone. Oh, it does? On the online? Yeah. Oh, so it's turning on the mic. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. So if you just... If you, if you go to Google... Let me see if I can... I'm going to do something now. Okay. Well, I'm at Google. I don't see any mic. It, no, if you go to Google.com... Yeah, I'm at Google. You see, the, you see the search box. Don't you see a little yeah. microphone there on the right? I got nope. it. Uh-uh. Really? I got nothing. I got a little search box. I don't. 
uh, a little microphone. Maybe it's just for you Mac users. Hmm. Oh, wait. I'm using Chrome, of course. Chrome. Yeah. So there might, so that I didn't, the, the, by the way, this computer in the studio, <clears throat> I've never, there's, I have no, uh, on the actual um, computer that runs the show, I have the web browser. I've never set anything else up because I never wanted to screw it up. I've never accepted anything, never said yes, install something. And now there's a little microphone uh, in this box. So they are listening to me whenever they want. They just, just go ahead and turn it on. Hmm. So, um, and I predicted this, and they're listening to what you have on the TV, and they're giving you ads, but, you know, who knows what else they're doing? Yeah. I don't like it. No. Uh, so so, they, so there's a good op-ed in the uh, uh, New York Times, I think it was on Thursday, maybe it was Wednesday, whatever, advertising. Anyway, it's... Uh, <clears throat> It was about this guy who was Ernest Hemingway's buddy. There's a lot of Hemingway memes going around, including a huge special on C-SPAN. And the thing was, apparently Hemingway in his last days was freaked that the FBI was following him around and they were, you know, in cars and they had his house bugged and his phones bugged and he was getting depressed about it. And then he killed himself. And uh, is he the father of Muriel Hemingway? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, actually, I think she may be a daughter of a sister or something. Whatever the case, it's not important. But the Hemingways, you know, Ernest Hemingway, the great novelist. Oh, that guy, the old man in the sea. That guy. That guy. So anyway, so he kills himself. This guy who's writing the op-ed says, you know, I always thought, well, the poor guy was going, he was getting paranoid. He was going crazy. And then apparently they did a, 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 one of those searches of the public records with the Freedom of Information Act. And it turns out that he was being followed by the FBI and his phones were bugged and all the things. <laughs> and he it was, was true. It was about. absolutely true. Yeah, it was all true. And because wow. J. Edgar Hoover, you know, that guy was nutty, yeah. uh, apparently got a hard on for him because he lived in Cuba for so long. He was uh. afraid that for some reason, you know, that maybe Hemingway is going to propagandize the American public in some way, shape or form. And meanwhile, of course, I was thinking about this and it's like, Nowadays, when the FBI is tra- you know listening in on a call or doing or anything, you just assume they're listening in on everything. You would I don't think Hemingway to, in today's market, as it were, would would get freaky because it would be like assumed that he was being yeah. followed and all the rest of it. How did That's the, how bad things have gotten. How did he kill himself? Did he uh... shotgun? Oh, really? Sure, he wasn't uh, in the hot tub, and uh, nah, it was. There was no evidence of any. It's, it's not that. easy to kill yourself with a shotgun. It's not. You can. You got to. You got to do it with your toe. Does it actually? Uh, no, that's not true. I don't know if you've ever ha- held a shotgun. There's. You yeah, I have a shotgun. Sh- you could easily stick the shotgun in your mouth and reach down with your thumb and push the trigger. It wouldn't. You don't need your toe. It's, the thing's not a blunderbuss. It's. It's not a very elegant way of doing it. No, but it's a thorough. Yeah. He put it in his mouth and shot it. Is that the deal? Yeah. So he was almost killed in a plane crash in Africa. So he was in bad health. Uh, 1959, moved from Cuba to Ketchum, Idaho, where he committed suicide. Is there? How come there's no? Well, come on, book of knowledge. How did he kill? I wanted to uh, really shotgun. Let me see if a uh, shotgun. Oh yeah. Uh oh. Three months later, Mary found Hemingway holding a shotgun one morning. She called Dr. Saviez, who sedated him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
and had him admitted, admitted to the Sun Valley Hospital. There he was returned to the Mayo Clinic for more shock treatments. Oh, dude, please. This is a total FBI hit. Well, it could be. I'm he not going to say it's not a possibility. We should have been doing this show in 1959. He was released in late June, arrived home in Ketchum. He apparently had three shock treatments. Hemingway quite deliberately shot himself with his favorite shotgun. He unlocked the gun cabinet, went to the front entrance of their Ketchum home, pushed two shells into the 12-gauge Boss shotgun, put the end of the barrel into his mouth, and pulled the trigger and blew out his brains. Twice. Wow. Hmm. So anyway, so the writer of the op-ed felt bad about, about the fact that he doubted him. Well, happy Fourth of July, everybody! That's yeah, a nice, that's nice just, little, just yeah. a stirring, beautiful an Independence Day story for the. I have. <laughs> Thanks for the follow up. Yeah, hey everybody, that's lovely. Uh, I do have a uh, uh, end of show clip. Uh, I, I can take us even lower than that, John. I can bring us down <laughs> even lower. To please. This is uh, Peter King. He is a congressman, I believe, or senator. Is he congressman? He's a, I believe he is a uh, congressman. Congressman. And uh, so apparently he's, so he's on the, uh, the, the Homeland Security Committee. Yeah, he's doing all these hearings about Muslims, you know, be, uh, hiding behind the bed. Now, what he's doing is he's getting more money for the shills who are running all this bull crap. That's what he's doing. I'm and, sure. Uh, how do we do that? Well, first we put some stupid Nigerian schmuck onto a plane with the wrong boarding pass and then go, how could that happen? It's amazing. How could it happen? Not only did he get through TSA security when they shine the flashlight on your ticket and on your ID, but then he got on the plane with the wrong boarding pass for the flight from the previous day. How can that happen? Well, it doesn't happen unless it's all set up. But what should we do about it? Oh, I think we need more training and more material. And by the way... They're out to get us. In your mind, if it is what we are now told it is, if all the facts as we know them bear out, what needs to happen? I, I believe they have to take severe action. Hey, 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 hey. I thought this was an end of show clip. Yeah, but we got to talk about it. Oh, okay. Because you'll, you'll be laughing. I, I, if we just play it at the end of the show, then all the laughter will be gone. Okay, oh, yeah, and I, I would believe that the TSA has to implement new training programs, oh. have regiments, have uh, much more uh, inspections going on, yeah. having uh, you know, people from the uh, uh, administration monitoring what's happening. Let these what? employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, 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 That's more, an more. Idiot. Just get, vote him out. More, 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 more. Know that they really are being watched. I mean, this is uh, this. This can't be allowed to happen. This is. We're talking about life and death here. We're not talking about somebody having a cup <laughs> of coffee. Who died? Life and death. Not not a cup of coffee. This is life and death here. But no one's looking. We're talking about. Uh, you could have a plane full of people getting killed no. because a person makes such an obvious mistake. Listen, there's always going to be mistakes made, and you could have a forged ID, and somehow the screener may miss it. But you have it's an obvious one of a wrong name, wrong date, wrong boarding pass, and that's not picked up. That's a terrible sign, and it's uh, a terrible sign of psyops. It, it, it encourages the enemy. It's not reassuring to the American people. And part of the way our system works is expected to work is that's a deterrent to the enemy. They have to believe that it's impossible to break through it. They see something like this, it encourages the enemy to try. Let me ask you a broader picture as we head into this July 4th. Okay, this is my favorite. John, what are you doing for July 4th? I'll be watching fireworks. Okay, you're going to have a cookout? You got any of the kids down? Uh, I, you know, I suppose I should cook something on the barbecue to pollute the place. You got any of the family over? 
Uh, my daughter's here. Oh, that's nice. Okay. So Mickey has like, she's promised me hot chicks in the hot tub. Like, yeah. Yeah, promises, promises. Prom- exactly. If it happens, I'll tweet photos, but promises, promises. Uh, but, you know, apparently that's not what we should be doing. Uh, weekend, and that is in the cache of materials that came out of Osama bin Laden's uh, home in, in Pakistan. Uh, there was evidence that as is, is, uh, late as February of 2010, uh, bin Laden wanted strikes in the U.S., particularly around symbolic holidays. Are, are you uh, overly concerned or more concerned than you usually uh, would be about this weekend? Or are you feeling reasonably uh, steady that, that this looks like a, a weekend that we're well prepared for? I would almost say all of the above. I do feel reasonably secure uh, because we have increased security as far as alerting local governments, alerting the private sector. Uh, There's no doubt that uh, we do know that al-Qaeda was talking more about attacking the U.S. on symbolic dates. Also, in the lead-up to uh, 9-11, the 10th anniversary of September 11th, we know that they are uh, considering or trying to plan attacks. Now, having said that, I'm not aware of any particular attack that's being planned right now, but we do know they are looking for symbolism. They do want to do something dramatic before September 11th, (laughs) and obviously the 4th of July would be a prime time for that. So everyone has been alerted to be on extra guard, to be much more careful. And so because of that, I feel reasonably secure. But Candy, you know, this is a dangerous world, and Al-Qaeda is a dangerous enemy, and we can never let our guard down. They're waiting for the weekend or the weekday or any time when we don't let our guard down. Well, we're having a barbecue on the 4th of July. They're plotting some way to kill us. And if there it's not the 4th go. of July, it's another date. These people never stop. They're evil, and they want to kill us. So while you're I, having a barbecue, John, Al-Qaeda's going to kill you. They're, they're plotting. <laughs> they never rest. Not for a second. Get Peter King out of there, shill. The guy's, a, the guy's bad. Why don't you give him a douchebag? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Douchebag. There we go. I didn't quite. Now I feel better. <laughs> hey, uh, No Agenda producer update is coming on right after uh, this program ends. If you're listening to NoAgendaStream.com, Miss Mickey on the show with a Hot Pockets 2008 tour update. And I believe uh, maybe even Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia. It's like all the hot chicks are on the show. <laughs> So uh, Gitmo Slay will be running the show. Uh, I have no idea, but it's going to be a bonanza. I'm very excited to listen to this. Thank you, John. Always uh, good to talk to you. Yeah, I was uh, entertaining as usual. I think uh, you win with the uh, training programs on Twitter and Facebook and Skype in the uh, Eastern Zone, <laughs> which I think was an interesting discovery. Must be. We have to follow up on that. We shall. And I think everything else we're up to speed on pretty much. Well, coming to you from Gitmo Nation West uh, in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back with you Thursday, right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A.